Um, but I think it's going to play pretty easy. We just saw another easy track in Detroit at Detroit Golf Club this past week. I think there's going to be a lot of birdies. I think there's going to be a ton of scoring. And when that happens, anybody can get hot and win. Anybody can turn the form around and make a lot of birdies in this event. Plus, it's a pretty weak field. You know, there's a few big names at the top, but it's fairly weak. So uh, it's going to be a birdie fest. And for that reason, I'm going to go with a guy who I know can score when he gets hot. And I think his ownership's going to be a little lower than we've seen in the past. That's Tony Finau at $15,600. Now, he has missed his last few cuts. Something is clearly not clicking with Finau. But if I'm going to take a leak, you know, you get seven picks on fantasy draft. They're going to drop your lowest score. Now, I don't want your, your, your guy who gets dropped to be your most expensive player. We don't want that in Tony Finau. But I'm going to take a stand here this week. Um, I like Finau. His, now, let, let's look at this. Implied odds to win. If you look at Vegas odds, take Tony Finau versus Victor Hop, the young stud out of Oklahoma State. He's been playing pretty well right now, and a lot of people are talking up. He could be more popular than Tony Finau. But Vegas has Finau as a pretty massive favorite to beat Hovland in a tournament matchup at minus 135 to Hovland's plus 115. That is implied odds to win that matchup of over 57% for Tony Finau and around 46% for Victor Hovland. So Vegas is telling us they still like Finau and they like the caliber player that he is in this event, and so do I. Then I'm going to drop way down. I'm going to give you two kind of scrubs. I'm going to give you Sam Burns at $12,600 on Fantasy Draft. Uh, if you're going to play Finau, if you're going to play up top, you got to have some guys down there below. Uh, and at 12-6, I like the opportunity for Sam Burns to score on this golf course. He's an aggressive young player. He's second in the field in par 5 scoring. Sixth in scoring overall in terms of fantasy points week in and week out. Uh, and he's 16th in strokes gained off the tee. So I like his price, I like the value, and I like the scoring potential of Sam Burns in tournaments. Not sure I'm playing in cash, not sure I bet him outright, but there you go. Pat, tell us who you got, and I'm going to come back with one more scrub before we wrap up. What is up, golf addicts? Pat Perry, back with you again for the Sherpa Show for the 3M Open, just north of Minneapolis, Minnesota, TPC Twin Cities. Cannot wait to get started. This is two weeks in a row now where we've got a new course and a new tournament. So I'm going to start by going against you, David. I know you like some Tony Finau this week, but he is going to be my fade for the 3M Open. Just do not like that price of 15-6 on Fantasy Draft based off of his recent form. He's missed three straight cuts. He just really has not hit the ball all that well during that time frame. He's 143rd in the field in driving accuracy. Now look, I don't think these fairways are going to be that tough to hit, but you know, I mean, you've got to hit the fairways in the right spots because the approach to the green is going to be extremely important. And he's just not checking the box there when it comes to driving accuracy. He's 63rd, by the way, in fantasy scoring. This will be another birdie bonanza, just like we had last week. And he's not giving himself any scoring opportunities. So I don't like that about Tony Finau. He's 125th in proximity. Another stat that's just telling me he's not hitting it close to the hole and giving himself chances for birdies. So Tony Finau will be my fade of the week. The bone play is going to be Jason Day at 17-7 on Fantasy Draft. I like the price, and you know what? I like the stats here for him. He is sixth in strokes gained off the tee. He's 16th in ball striking. He's fourth in par five scoring. 
from 550 to 600 yards. And I'll tell you why that's important, because all three par fives on this course are right there at 590 yards. So I'm looking at that 550 to 600 yard range as far as par five scoring, and he checks the box for me there. And then he's also been in good recent form. So Jason Day will be my Bone Play of the Week. The flyer play, I'm taking you deep down once again, Josh Teeter. Yes, at 11-7 on Fantasy Draft. I love him this week. He's 20th in the field in strokes gained approach. We mentioned how, uh, how important that was going to be on this course. He's 37th in ball striking. He's top 50 in opportunities gained, meaning he's unlike me now. He's giving himself chances at scoring, so I like that. And he's also been in good recent form for a guy this cheap. He's made four straight cuts. And during that time frame, he has two finishes inside the top 35 in the field and then also a top 20 as well. So I like the form for Josh Teeter. He will be my flyer play of the week. So there you go. I'll wrap it up there for me for the 3M Open. David, your turn. Give us your flyer play of the week and any final thoughts. Awesome, man. All right, so before we wrap this up, I'm going to give you one last pick that I like in the cheaper range. Before we do that, I, I want to know, any early picks to win the Open Championship? Comment below on who you think is going to win the Open Championship at Royal Fort Rush in just two weeks. Tell us who you like right now and tell us why. Uh, it'd be interesting to see who you guys are on right now. We'll make sure we talk about them on the podcast in the next couple weeks. Royal Fort Rush coming in two weeks after the John Deere next week. So my final pick at $11,900 for a guy we've been on all year long, all year long. He's been very cheap, and he's making cuts. He's not giving you a whole lot of top tens, but he's making cuts, and he's cheap, and that's Hank Leviota. He's 21st in fantasy points scored. He's 24th in greens and regulation and 20th in par 5 scoring. He hits it a long way, um, and he's aggressive. Good young player at 11-9. We also interviewed him on the Four Junkies podcast. You can check that out wherever you listen to great interview. So Hank Leviota, 11-9, I just feel like it's a good cut maker at that price. You can stack him with some of the more expensive guys like Cody Finau, if you like. I know Pat likes Cody today. So there you go. That's the picks for this week for the 3M Championship. Uh, we hope you guys have a fantastic week. We will be back next week. Thanks for following along. Don't forget to subscribe. Thumbs up. See ya! Hey, thanks for checking out our videos. If you want more expert advice on DraftKings, FanDuel, or any other daily fantasy sports, Make sure you check out the current video's playlist.
Uh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Yahoo Tournament Show here on Roto-Grinders. I am Britt Devine. I got a new face uh, here on Roto-Grinders. Uh, you may know him from things like the lineup HQ video I did where he gave away his process, and then he proceeds to uh, win like 30000 a couple of days later. Uh, Jordan, what's going on? Hopefully you can repeat that today. We got flat payout structures. It's a flat payout structure. I come in first, and whenever it's a top-heavy payout structure, I come in second on like a double with cost me seventy thousand dollars yeah what's going on today so uh you know i talked to you a lot we're on a you know a little DraftKings thing together here uh what's going on in the life of jordan what does jordan do on fourth of july what's like jordan's festivities for the week well i think my my wife is forcing me to go to her mother-in-law's house they set off fireworks and stuff they they live in the middle of nowhere so i mean doesn't really matter but it's 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 one of those types of things where uh the first rule of dfs is uh, when you win a little, uh, you you bribe your significant other. So that means like from six o'clock to seven o'clock, like that's my time. So like the trip to Hawaii we're going on, it's like, well, you can't complain now. Yeah. But every, all the holidays though, I don't get out of. So it doesn't matter how much I win when it comes to Christmas and 4th of July or Valentine's Day or anything, I still got to do that crap. Yeah, I told my fiance that, that engagement ring, why does it look so nice? Because I do these shows and from six to seven, I'm busy on the lineup builder all the time, right? <laughs> That's what I'm it surprised is. you don't spend it all on pizza. Uh, well, I do that too. I'm trying, you know, I, I, I talk a lot about it. I'm trying to eat a little bit healthier. I got a wedding coming up in December. So I'm, I'm trying to look good for the photos, trying to keep my hair. It's starting to fall out. That's why I wear the hat all the time. So, you know, I'm trying, I'm trying to just do a little bit better in life for the next couple of months, Jordan. So there won't be as many. Uh, I want to eat that that new Cheetos thing at KFC. I want to do all this stuff, but I gotta gotta pump the brakes just a little bit. Well, I don't know what, what we're gonna do on Yahoo today because it, this is actually going to be the first time that I've ever played MLB on Yahoo. So uh, I I did make a lineup. I, I mean, it's all purple now. I got purple behind me. Yahoo's all purple. Uh-huh. I looked at I looked at the line. I looked at the pricing, and I thought I was in a dollar store. I was like, can I can I play Chris Sale for sixty bucks on DraftKings? Because that would be that would be amazing. Yeah, he's uh-huh. like a, the absolute lock. First guy should be in your lineups on Yahoo today. But uh, before we get into Yahoo, got a couple of things I want to talk about. Then we're gonna go into the fourteen game slate. Uh, we've got uh, don't forget on Yahoo, uh, NFL. Uh, best ball they have it going on on yahoo so if you've been playing on draft been doing anything like that feel free to jump into it over on yahoo they have best balls uh, Devin has dropped the link for you in chat you will be able to play it's very similar to the uh the draft if you've been used to it on there except you have to use defenses as well so it's a little bit of extra strategy but if you'd like to help kickstart yahoo and their best ball um dreams uh, feel free to jump in over there uh, and the other thing we have going on is the sharp side contest um, I've got a couple of plays I'll do on that, but we're, uh, I think we're doing up to like 1500 bucks in FanDuel credits for the uh, longest lock bet streak in July. So if you've never played on sharp side, it's basically like, you know, our sports betting kind of version on there. It doesn't cost you anything on that. It's just more like a tracking app. And what you got to do is you got to kind of go in there and swipe on some of your favorite bets. And you, uh, after you swipe, swipe on a bet, as long as it's minus 140 or better, right? You can't go on, hey, is, is Boston going to win tonight? You can't lock that in because that's just going to that's gonna happen anyway. So uh, it has to be minus 140 or better. After you swipe on it, you click the lock button. And what that does is it kind of locks in your best bet for the night. And if you happen to have the longest streak for July on Sharpside, we're giving away $1,500 in FanDuel credits. So go download that from your app store, either Android or iOS, 
and start swiping and having fun. It doesn't cost anything. And uh, I got a couple uh, I'll kind of throw in for you uh, on that one. So, uh, Jordan, welcome. Let's talk Yahoo. We're going to go game by game here, and then we'll give the people some of our favorite plays at the end of it. Uh, we got this Chicago pitch. It's a really strange slate because we've got Chris Sale, and we've got a whole bunch of garbage, and then we've got some, like, random pitchers that might throw, like, three innings that everybody wants to roster. So it's a really strange slate out there. So if you're doing something different, and you're looking for some strikeouts from your pitchers tonight. This game has two guys who I think are reasonably viable in tournaments. I'm not going to play either of these guys in cash games. Um, and the bats, uh, you know, you can hedge, take both sides of this game here. But uh, I'm going to throw this to you. If you were forced, gun to your head, you got to pick one pitcher in this game. Is it you, Darvish, or is it Chris Archer? Oh, my God. That's like the deciding how do I want to die? Like a <laughs> or by a lethal injection? Do you want a M80 to the face or do you want like a slow sparkler burn so your clothes catch on fire? I think the answer only because of the batter pricing is that I'm more inclined to play the the Cubs bats. So I'm more likely to play Darvish. I mean, I don't want to play either. In this range, the $30 range, I think there are better options that have higher upside. But from a bat perspective, like I don't see myself uh, paying uh, 19 bucks for Starling Marte. I don't, I just don't see myself playing the bats. So uh, if I'm going to play Cubs bats in some lineups and I already have uh, like Rizzo in, in one of my lineups yep. that I'm much more inclined to play Darvish, but both pitchers have strikeout upside. If you're not going to play any of the bats, uh, I don't see any reason not to. Yeah. Earlier, more so on DraftKings, everyone's going to be min maxing the pitcher slot. You can do things a little differently on Yahoo. Um, but I do think uh, I think Archer and Darvish are slightly interesting in the mid-tier. I don't hate either one of them, but you are correct. Uh, congratulations for the correct answer. That what you do want from this game is the Cubs bats, specifically on Yahoo, right? Because you got Rizzo's fourteen, Schwarber's seventeen, uh, Baez is too cheap, Chris Bryant's too cheap. You can mix them in with some of the other things, get good pitching as well, and your lineup still looks really really good. You can get up to six players in a stack too on Yahoo. I'm not sure if you knew that. But uh, to the people out there, there's 14 games, 28 teams. You're probably going to want a six-man stack in your, in your lineup out there because one of these teams is going to go bananas. Uh, and, and the Cubs are just cheap enough to get, a, get it done, Jordan. Well, the thing on Yahoo, like I said, I, I've not played MLB on Yahoo, is that the contest sizes are much smaller mm-hmm. than on DraftKings and FanDuel. So I don't think the, the importance of maximizing correlation is, is – like a six-man stack on a 735-man contest, yes, I don't think is necessary. But it's a type of site where I think I'm playing more like a a four-two-one-one type of construct. Like I'd, I'd play four people, I play three. Like I look at this and based on uh, positional scarcity, because we're going to take a look at the at the cores game and go, how do you not fill second, short, and third with guys from that game? So like the most appealing players in these games are like Rizzo and Schwarber because they'll fill an outfield spot, fill a first base spot, and you can still pick up the, the cores bats that you want in the second, short, and third base spots. Would you want any Pittsburgh bats in this game? I think the one I was most looking at, it's tough to not click Jose Altuve for a couple bucks more than Adam Frazier, but Adam Frazier shouldn't be like 10 bucks. And there's a couple other guys, Corey Dickerson, if you're looking for you know a lefty against you uh, Darvish, who, you know, who gives up a lot of power to lefties, just like one-off, one percent owned guys in a turn you know I, I like what you said you don't really need those guys in a 1500 person tournament or a 700 person tournament but I, you know I, I think there is some viability to both of those games 
Well, I think that because the first base spot may not be filled with someone from a Coors game, and if you're not going to play Chris Sale up top mm-hmm. and you're not going to pay up for pitching, I don't see any reason. I mean, what's the, look at the upside that Josh Bell has. I know $22 is a lot given the context of the slate, but if he's going to be 1%, 2% owned, I mean, the guys like Josh Bell or Freddie Freeman and the high-priced first baseman that you most likely can't fit in to a lineup with Sale plus Coors, I think uh, – they get it two or three home runs in one game, especially off of someone like you, Darvish. Uh, all right, let's go on to uh, the next game, Boston-Toronto. We've got our star pitcher of the night, Chris Sale. Uh, after that really rough start to the season, just racking up strikeout after strikeout after strikeout. Has had some reasonably uh, not ideal outings in his last two, giving up five and three runs, one of them, to the same Toronto team. But I, I don't know. I just don't care on this slate because all the outside of Chris Sale – and maybe one or two other pitchers. I don't. I don't really want to click on anybody's name. In sixty bucks on Yahoo, it seems like a lot, but it's really not. There's there's like five or six seven dollar players that you can get into your teams tonight. I'm I, I'd play. I would play Chris Sale. I think on every lineup I make on Yahoo. I, I would think the opposite. I would go the complete opposite way. I have, I have no intention of playing Chris Sale on Yahoo whatsoever. Why? Well, so, so explain this to me. Oh, okay. The question is. When it comes to when it comes to these high end pitchers, especially when there's one very clear option, you could say Walker Bueller is another option, but for the five dollar difference on Yahoo, most likely if you're clicking on Bueller, you're clicking on Sale. So he's going to be extremely high owned. Is he necessary? If he puts, if he obviously if he strikes out sixteen batters, he's going to be necessary. But if he puts together a good outing, but not you know still only five points higher than other starting pitchers. He's not going to be necessary. And if you're going to play sale in a lineup, most likely your bats are going to look the same as other lineups that people are playing sale with. So the highest leverage point, if you have to think in terms of uh, where's the ownership going to go, where's the, where's the most highest leverage spot on the entire slate that's obvious, it's going to be sale. It's not going to be the cores bats because you could see, I mean, there's, there's eight bats on each team in that game. But you know that Chris Sale is going to be 40-plus percent owned at least. So if Sale just has an average outing, by not playing him, you give yourself so much leverage over the field, and you're obviously able to fit in a lot more quality bats into your lineup. All right. I'm playing Sale. You're not. You better come prepared with some names that aren't Chris Sale as we progress through these, Jordan. So I'm gonna, oh, They're going to be disgusting. Trust I'm gonna, me. I'm going to hold, play. I'm going to hold you accountable. Um, Toronto Wagyu spec? Um, like – the DraftKings 4K, I know it's a Yahoo show, but the DraftKings 4K to 5K pitcher is like, they all look so good earlier in the day, and now they all have these question marks where I'm not really sure about. Definitely not using him on Yahoo. The Boston bats on DraftKings are just like, they're free almost. So, like, they're going to be extremely chalky. On Yahoo, they're expensive. Maybe not as expensive as they should be, but if, you know, if you play bets and Martinez and, Devers is on fire having huge games and you play Ben attendee. It gets really hard to fill out the rest of your team with reasonable pitchers and, and try to get any cores games. So you don't play a lot on Yahoo, but you can kind of relate this to the, some, some of the other games when the stacks get so high priced that even though they're in great spots, how do you approach those teams? Typically the, the cheaper the stack, the more likely I play them. I mean, that's what I call vomit stacks and, uh, Boston, like on, on shorter slates, like if it was a six game slate and we had cores, I'm much more likely to 
overpay for a Boston stack here, knowing that it'll be six times less owned oh, yeah. on a shorter slate. But since we have 28 teams as options, I don't I mean, look, Jackie Bradley's 20 bucks. I, who's paying the 20 <laughs> bucks for Jackie Bradley here? Who's, who's paying uh, 14 bucks for Christian Vasquez? I mean, I just don't. You did can you take see what he did last night? <laughs> Doesn't matter. He's a catcher. <laughs> you don't pay 14 bucks for a catcher. Get out of here. So you look at this and I go, I go, yeah, you could, uh, an outfielder, I see. I mean, I wouldn't, I mean, I'll play Arenado over Devers as a one-off. Yep. I'm not paying 24 bucks for Bogarts when Story's available. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I could see one of the outfielders as a one-off, but for a 14-game slate, I, I can't see taking three, four of these people. I'd yeah. have, the only way I could do it is if I played Wagaspack or whatever his name is against him, because that's all the money I have. Yeah, uh, this is one of the things where if you diversify across slates or across sites, or you play, you play, you go nuts with Boston on DraftKings, even though they're going to be reasonably high owned. I think there's still enough teams playing today where Boston isn't going to approach the ownership that they should, and you kind of avoid them on Yahoo because they're just too expensive compared to some of the other Yahoo gets really weird in terms of like value stacks because there's always like three or four teams that are just extremely underpriced, and then there's always three or four teams that are extremely overpriced that really don't get any ownership at all so um maybe maybe a bets or a jd is a one-off kind of like you said but it's really tough to get a four or even a five-man stack of the good hitters on boston today and then blue jays you don't take it all yeah uh, i'm not what about vlad on dk still still no it's just it's hard to give up that third base spot today well also it's like you could if you're going to say quote ownership or leverage it's like it's a 14 game slate if Vlad's going to be what four percent down you can find a four percent down bat in a in at least not facing chris sale uh let's go to baltimore tampa bay and i want to spend a couple seconds you can't play pruitt on yahoo he's not in the player pool but i want to spend a minute with you and talk maybe DraftKings because he's 4k over there on DraftKings, and we thought he was going to be the probable long reliever that comes in and throws five or six innings. And we all celebrate because we get 18 fantasy points out of our 4k pitcher. And we were all going to run to the bank bank with him. Um, We've seen some reports throughout the day. Maybe he's not guaranteed to get five innings. Maybe he's not guaranteed to get even four innings. There's been some talk um, from some of the beat reporters that they might mix it up a little bit today and improve it while he is going to come in second. He's probably not likely to go four or five innings, maybe more in the three or four. So how do you approach him on DraftKings? I'm pitching is so bad today, Jordan. I've actually, I told myself this, that if I think he's going to get three innings, I think I might play him on DraftKings today. (laughs) And I'm the complete opposite. I may have zero of this guy. He's going to be very highly owned on. Well, that's the point. It's a highly owned pitcher that we don't even, we don't even know if he's pitching. I mean, we've done this before. I've done it before. In the beginning, of the, season, the Rays done it. That so and so is pitching, and then you roster him, and he never comes in the game. It's like a, a taking an automatic. It's like playing a guy in NBA. That's that, uh, who knows. What's it's like the, playing Ronaldo Lopez last night? Yeah, but but that's a weather situation. <laughs> this is like you know the game's going to play, and you don't know. Like if he was low owned, if if no one was talking about him, like for the course of the day beforehand, I'd say okay, I could give it a shot. But if, if, if he's going to come in at any, I mean, 20% owned. Yeah, I think that's more reasonable than what we, I think earlier it was like 40% before some, kind of some of this news has crept in, right? And I, I think it's going to slowly creep down into the 20, mid 20, something like that by the time it's all said and done today. Yeah, but I don't even want him at that percent. I mean, what's his upside? Even let's say, let's say he does pitch five innings. You know, yep. Yeah, that he's a great play, but 
for 22% ownership or something, the range of outcomes is like, I'll just hope a fifth of the lineups get knocked out of my GPPs when he comes in and throws two innings. And also we're talking about him throwing innings as if he's going to do well. Mm -hmm. He could throw two innings and give up five runs. And now he's a neg. Now you'd rather him not pitch. Yeah. I mean, I've paid like 12,000 for what, like negative 15 fantasy points at pitcher this year. So, I mean, it's very volatile, but I just wanted to have a little bit of conversation on that. I want to go back to Yahoo. And, you know, we talked about how expensive Boston was. Let's talk about how cheap Tampa Bay is here. Uh, I know it's against means and he's an all-star, right? Like someone's got to be an all-star for Baltimore, but the, the Rays really fit like a good complimentary stack to some other teams. And you could stack them up in a four or five man pretty easily today. You've got um, Meadows is, oh, Meadows didn't even make the lineup today. So, but you've got Zunino at catcher, seven bucks. You've got uh, Avisiel Garcia at $9.00. You've got uh, Darno if you want to spend up a little bit of catcher. Yandy, fam, these guys are really cheap, and I think they're in a pretty good spot today. They fit into a lot of the builds that you might want to end up making. Right, but the main thing is that no matter uh, – if you choose Darno, that means Zanino hits a home run. And yeah. if you choose Zanino, that means Darno hits a well, home run. Well, you can play up to 10 lineups in a tournament on Yahoo, so you have to make two, uh, two Tampa Bay stacks. That's what you're telling me. Oh, then I mean, until I have to double down on the team that I really don't want to play. I can see one-offs here. I can see, yeah, playing Garcia or Kiermaier or a catcher, obviously. But uh, even against means, like, I'm more inclined. Like, means on Yahoo for 43 bucks, I ain't playing. But means on DraftKings, I actually prefer more, uh, especially with the Rays having one of the highest strikeout rates against lefties. Uh, but 43 bucks on Yahoo is insane. I'm not doing that for means. An Orioles pitcher? Yeah, no, no chance. I like uh, Garcia and Yandy. I think they're just cheap enough on Yahoo to fit into some lineups. Maybe Fam. Uh, you can mix in one of the cheaper catchers too. You got yourself a little stack to kind of go along with some of your other stuff out there today. But yeah, I I, I like the Rays. I think a little bit more than you do uh, on Yahoo. It's and it's it's Yahoo. I think specifically because they're just uh, they're just a little underpriced to me. Right, and the Baltimore bats. I'm more inclined to play on DraftKings. If Pruitt's going to be 40% owned, I want to play Orioles. Yeah, just because nobody's going to be stacking them up anyway. I understand. Listen, that is, this is how you play DFS, right? DFS baseball is very random, and you just you try to do a little bit of the opposite of what everybody else is doing, and eventually that's what boosts you up to the, the leaderboards a couple times over there. Right, people think it's nuts when I play giant stacks, and then, oh, look what happens. Lagoria hits two home runs, <laughs> right? Uh, Everyone goes nuts. Uh, I want to go to the next game, Milwaukee-Cincinnati. Now, this one, this is the White Sox special game of last night, where this game is yellow-orange, I believe. Roth has this on weather right now. It's going to be a lot of pop-ups, and there's a lot of little weather concerns that we have throughout here. I think it's it's all pop-ups everywhere. I think it's a little foolish for me to try to determine the weather three hours before lock. You're going to want to stay tuned to crunch time and, and Twitter updates from Roth after that. But this looks to be one that might have the most amount of trouble. If, let's say Roth gives us, let's say it goes down to yellow, or he gives us a, the thumbs up on it. You know, we've got Sonny Gray in, and he's been really good against lefties. I, I believe uh, I saw Christian Yelich didn't make the lineup. Is, 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 did, I, did I see this? No, nope, nope, you're correct. Yeah, there's no Christian Yelich in the lineup today. So the bottom of this lineup, Gamble, Saladino, Pena, the pitcher, um, this is this is like a C lineup from the Brewers today. Uh, if Roth comes back later in the day and says, hey, the weather's a little bit better, I'm not as concerned about it as I am now, I 
kind of like Sonny Gray. I, I, I liked him even if Yelich was going to be in there. He's been so good against lefties, but he, he's slightly interesting at 36 bucks on Yahoo today. Uh, I, I was wishing that Yelich was in the lineup because it would make Sonny Gray less popular. Mm-hmm. But, but right. I'm on the same page as you, especially on Yahoo. On DraftKings, he's more fairly priced. I'm, I still think about playing him on DraftKings, especially if you're not playing Sale. But uh, obviously, Sonny Gray has upside. I mean, obviously, he has strikeout potential. He, a lot of times, he doesn't make it past the fifth inning. Uh, but, I mean, we're, 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 look at these pitchers. Are, are we playing, like, Bryce Wilson? <laughs> are we play, I mean, look at the pitchers that are on the slate. And for 36 bucks, if you're going to fit in, like, two mid-range pitchers on Yahoo and not play Sale, like, I think Sonny Gray's – obviously, he's in a much better spot now that Yelich is not in the lineup. But, mm-hmm. of course, that will increase his ownership. So, I almost wish that Yelich was in so I could get him – like, I don't know what he'd be on Yahoo, but I mean, he was projected for 5% on DraftKings. I think that number that number doubles now that Yelich is not in the lineup, which makes him still viable to play, but I'd much rather have a 5% gray than mm-hmm. a 10 to 12% gray. Yeah, the sale gray, I think I'm leaning that on my cash team right now, honestly, on Yahoo today. So we'll, we'll talk about that How one. How do you fit in backs? Who are you playing? There, well, there's like a bit, there's, so you're, you're new to Yahoo. There's always like $5,007 bats on Yahoo that make a lot of sense to play. Yeah, but they're horrible, but they're horrible. So pitching, pitching matters more on Yahoo than it does anywhere else. And hitting matters the least on Yahoo compared to every other DFS. Okay. That If that matters, it's like uh, they boosted it up to start the year, but still pitching is much more important than your bats on Yahoo for the most part. Okay, we'll see if that happens. <laughs> uh, I'm not playing Chassin. Uh, I actually, I like the Reds a little bit because they're another one of these stacks that's like Vado maybe is a little bit more, but you, you get the splits against Chassin. Um, Scooter, uh, Suarez, these guys are really cheap. I, I really hate throwing away a third base on Suarez, but he was so cold for a while. Now he's the exact opposite and he's like a man on fire here and he's just 10 bucks. I know Chassin's better versus the, the lefties or better versus the righties, but to get Suarez and Scooter and a couple of these other guys in is either a full stack or a mini stack, I think makes a lot of sense today. It's, it's really hot out there in Cincinnati. Right. It really depends on whether or not you want to play Puig because 20 bucks seems pretty expensive. Yeah, given the pass on that and use some of the other guys. Yeah, but the problem is that Puig has the highest amount of power on this team. So if you're going to play a full stack, I think you have to play Puig, but if you're going to play a filler, like a three-man, you go like Winker, Suarez, Gannett, or something like that, I think that's fine. We're playing Votto in that stack, but I think if you're drawing on the fact that the Reds are going to score eight, ten runs, like I think you just have to sacrifice an outfield spot and play Puig because he's the biggest power bat on that team. Uh, I want to ask you, so Sonny Gray's ownership is going to kick up a little bit with Yelich out. And the Milwaukee ownership is going to go down. Are we, are we playing the one through five or something like that in Milwaukee now against Gray? It's still a good park. It's humid. The wind's not really doing anything out there today. But there's going to be like no ownership on the Brewers now, if you ask me. Yeah, but I think the most appealing, the two most appealing bats in that lineup are what Mustakis and Thames. And obviously, Mustakis fills a third base spot that you'd rather play like Arenado yeah. or even Chris Bryant. And I can't see playing. I can't the only like I could play Josh Bell at twenty two bucks at the same ownership that Thames is going to be. I mm-hmm. could probably play Freddie Freeman at about the same price for maybe a little bit more ownership. So like I don't see 
20 bucks for Eric Thames. Like, I don't care that he's 1% owned. It's a 14-game slate. There's other first basemen that I think are better that the same price with the similar ownership. All right, let's go Yankees-Mets. Um, the pitchers in this game are a clear pass for me. I'm not – if Vargas does it against the Yankees and throws for 30 fantasy points, I'm, I'm just going to throw my hands up and go congratulations to those who played Jason Vargas. I know it's a, it's a really big park downgrade. It's the NL. And uh, Cardi mentioned Wheeler was really sneaky last night, and that worked out. Um, just I don't I don't think anyone's going to come up and say Vargas is sneaky, and, and I'm not going to play. I like Domingo, just not today. I don't think he's on. A, he's fully stretched out for you know 90 pitches or anything like that today. So he's going to be a pass. Not really interested in either one. So you're not you're not a Vargas truther like Big T. No, no, definitely not. <laughs> but you see, but you, what ends up happening is that you watch him pitch and you go, how they're not? How are they not hitting this guy? And then he goes out, and he and he, next thing you know, you you look up, it's it's the sixth inning, and he's he's like at fifty eight pitches, and you're like, how did this happen? Yeah, that's uh, it's gonna be a hard no for me. We we just talked about Sonny Gray's thirty six and Vargas is thirty four. Uh, I'll I'll play Sonny Gray. I'll play a couple other guys. We'll talk about too. Are you telling me you're playing Vargas tonight? Oh no, no, I'm not playing him on any site. I mean, if if Vargas beats me, he's not going to be high enough on that I care. So what? He puts up a thirty point score, three percent ownership. So. Whatever. There's there's other pitchers that I could have. Yeah. So so I'm looking at this. I'm like I'm not afraid to play like uh, another big T special. I'm there's no world where I'm paying twenty seven dollars for DJ LeMay right now. <laughs> look at look at this game log. <laughs> you don't you don't want twenty fantasy. Those points? are London. They were in London. They were in the pitchers <laughs> park in London, right? The pitchers park. <laughs> Oh man. Uh, what about like the, uh, the judge, the Torres, the Sanchez, the Hicks. It's just, I think they're all, they're just a little bit too expensive today in the grand scheme of the slate um, for me to really invest too much in today, at least on Yahoo. Yeah. On DraftKings, they're much more appealing yeah. prices. They price because they priced them down as if Vargas is a good pitcher, which apparently he is. It, it depends on whether or not you believe that. He is no but- all-star like means. <laughs> But here, if, if anyone, I mean, maybe if you want to pay up at catcher, you play Gary Sanchez. Yeah. I can see playing a Hicks one-off or something like that. But they're just, like, I'm not paying 22 bucks for Gleyber Torres. Um, I mean, obviously, Judge has upside. But I'd rather play, I'd rather play the Boston guys. I mean, yeah. you have uh, Ben Attendee. You have all the outfielders there. I'd rather play the Boston guys against Wagas Jack or whatever his name is than, uh, than against Cy Vargas. What about Cano? Seven bucks? Uh, I'm not sure if you've seen the- the Robinson Cano hot streak that's happening right now. Back has he to, gotten points? Back to Any back points is a hot streak. Back to back to back to back, two hit games. Now they're all singles. He's got a walk mixed in there too, so there's no power. But these are these are the seven dollar guys on Yahoo, right? That let you just go nuts on get the actual guys you want. It's really tough. If Altuve wasn't, I think he's fifteen on Yahoo today. I, I think Cano would be a fine play. It's just Altuve so underpriced, it's really hard for me to pass on him. Uh, but I, if you're looking to see it, I don't think Cano is the worst thing in the world. I mean, you say that, and then he gets six points or that, three points that, that's, or whatever. That's fine. You can do that. I like the Mets stack on DraftKings. I think they're uh, obviously you're going to have to pay up for Pete Alonso. I mean, they're cheap here on, on Yahoo, but I just think the proclivity in a, in like a 700,000 man contest is that you don't need to take five of them, but I could see if you're going to me, if you're going to play Cano, you might as well play Conforto and McNeil or something with them. I mean, I know McNeil's 19 bucks, but I mean, Domingo Herman has, you know, fly ball home run problems. 
and taking the lefties with the platoon advantage against him. Like if Cano's going to have a good game, I don't see him have. If if he has two hits, I want to have those RBIs and the runs that come with. Can like I want I want the biggest upside. If I'm going to play crappy Cano, I want the highest upside for crappy Cano. Uh, all right, let's move it on to the Atlanta Philly game. And we're looking, you know, we're, 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 we're squinting, right? We're trying to find pitchers we could use. Bryce Wilson's $25 on Yahoo, Jordan. And when you get these minimum price players, sort of like the bats, you can play these minimum price pitchers as long as they're not, I don't know, absolutely horrific. And it's not a great spot. And I think the Phillies will probably get some runs, but he can strike some dudes out. And he's 25 bucks on Yahoo today. Um, I think I'd rather play him than uh, a lot of the other guys higher price than him today. Oh, definitely. But, I mean, you, you're just going to have to hold your breath and hope he does enough. He's the type of pitcher that you're putting in a lineup with Chris Sale. He's the type of pitcher you're putting in a lineup if you're stacking cores. Mm-hmm. But if you're not doing that, I don't think he's necessary. But at least he had strikeout upside against the Phillies team that against righties strikes out a bunch. So as long as he can avoid guys like Harper and Bruce, especially in uh, Atlanta that favors lefty power, uh, I mean, you could, if you could scrape out enough points and he goes five innings, even if he gives up three runs and strike out six, that I mean, for minimum price, they, they, you can't ask for much better than that. Yeah, it's 91 degrees with the wind blowing out. I'm not expecting a dominant performance from Bryce Wilson. I'm just saying – He's 25 bucks on Yahoo, and that lets you do some things that you probably can't do unless you use a $25 pitcher. And I think he's probably the best of the, the $25 pitchers on Yahoo today. So I wanted to bring him up. Uh, offense in this, like, I want to play Braves, right? Their, their total's been screaming up throughout the day. But they're like the most expensive players on Yahoo today. Freddie Freeman and Acuna are tied for the highest-priced batters on Yahoo. Swanson's 21. Albies hitting seventh is 20. Um, you can play Marcakis, but he's 17. He's going to get you like three singles and a couple of runs and an RBI. They are so expensive. I don't like there's paying up to be contrarian. I, I don't even know. It's like, is this paying up to be stupid? They're just so expensive to get the bats that you want here. Well, if you play, I mean, if you're playing cheap pitchers, sure. Uh, but I think for the smaller field contests they have on Yahoo, I don't, I think it's a very similar situation to Boston. Yeah. And I'd almost rather stack Boston than oh, stack. Yeah. Atlanta, given these prices, I I like Josh Donaldson at 19 bucks out of all of them. But like we said before, like for two for two more dollars you play Arenado, for two less dollars you play Chris Bryant. Like Donaldson for 4100 on DraftKings seems like a great play, but on Yahoo, like it's the type of thing where I said Freddie Freeman's 27 dollars. Who's going to pay that much for him? But he's in a great one spot, person, and if you can play, one person's going to do it. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be me. Someone like me, right? Right. But it's at least in a spot that is not being occupied. Like I'll pay $27 for Freeman over paying $20 for Yuli Guriel just because he's in cores. So if the ownership's going to go to cores and I have the money, if I'm going to go down and pay and play Wagashock or whatever his name is, then yeah, sure. I have the money for a first base. You forgot the the best hitter and the Astros, Tyler White. Uh, you know, we're going to be talking talk about him in a minute at first base. Um, <laughs> let's move on to the Angels, Texas. In this game, uh, not from a uh, – can – I like Griffin Canning, and I think he has some upside. But I think I'd much rather play Sonny Gray. I think most people will too. Canning has strikeout ability. If you pull up plate IQ, 
Uh, let me get it up here for everybody here. Uh, let's see here. I don't believe I have a text. Well, we all know Ariel Urado doesn't have strikeout ability. Well, uh, every once in a while he does, but he doesn't. But well, let's talk about this game. I could see if, if you, you you understand the risk of playing a 3% Griffin Canning, but I think the the risk at like really low ownership today is is certainly worth it because there is some strikeout ability there for us. Yeah, but this Rangers lineup, one, two, three, four, five, six, there'll be seven lefties in this lineup. The only righties would be Andrews and Federowitz. And I'm not really scared of the Federowitz. I mean, or I mean he's got a tw- 26% K rate to lefties, 25 to righties this year, and a 270 Woba allowed to lefties so far. This year, right, small sample size. If Cardi was on here, he'd tell me I need 15 years of it. But listen, I, I don't have 15 years of sample size. I got this year, and, uh, you know, it's looking like he can handle the lefties just fine. Yeah, but you're, you're still also talking about a game that it's – in Texas, 90 degrees, 52% humidity, and the game total is 11 and a half. And you're like, I like the pitchers. I don't like any pitcher today. Like, I'm, I don't want to play Griffin Canning in Texas, right? But what else am I going to do out there, Jordan? Well, you got you got guys, you got Sean Anderson. You got oh. guys in Petco. You got guys, uh, they're, I mean, they make Sean me vomit too. like 4% strikeout rate. Can't wait to see what that does for me. In a oh, oh, is it better than Canning giving up seven runs? I mean, like, that could happen. <laughs> Anything can happen in baseball. Anyway, my point is I don't hate Canning as, like, if you're making 10 lineups on Yahoo and he, sum- he sneaks into one out of, like, your 10 lineups or something. Like if I'm making five lineups, he probably doesn't make it. If he sneaks into that 10th one, I'm okay with it. I don't know how how do how do people sneak into your lineup? I purposely play players. They don't sneak in. I, I, listen, Jordan, I know what you're saying, but I, <laughs> I, I like canning more than you, and I think we've made that obvious here. What I do want to talk about is the bats in this game because outside of Gallo and Trout and maybe Otani, this game is a huge total. This is one of my. If I was on sharp side today, make the over in this game. Um, you know, as much as I like can. First off, it's all coming from the Angels, by the way. Uh, or, the angels offense these guys are cheap and you got a huge total and it's really hot in texas today and you can choose 15 upton's 15 mazar's 15 simmons is 14 boar's 13 odor's 12 calhoun's 11 there's so many guys from this game and a huge total that are way too cheap that i think these are going to be some of the most popular plays on the slate on yahoo today well the problem with the rangers side like if you're going to stack is that like you have four outfielders in the first five spots Mm -hmm. and I'm not a big fan even correlatively of occupying all your outfield spots from the same team especially on a big slate so like obviously Gallo has the highest upside but he's the most expensive bat so so, like if you're gonna take like it almost makes you if you're gonna stack play a Cabrera or an Andrews in a shortstop in third base position, then you go, well, if I play those guys, that means I can't play Story and Arenado. I can't play, uh, if I take uh, Odor, I can't play Altuve or go to crappy Cano for a $7 one-off because I want to play Sale in the lineup. So I get that they're cheap, just that they don't fit the right, I see a one, like, sure, you want to play Calhoun as a one-off. You want to play Chu as a one-off. Calhoun's going to be really popular today on Yahoo. Right. But I just don't see a stack of this where, where you're without filling all outfield spots that it's going to end up with a high enough expectation that you can't get from another game, even if this game goes over. Um, all right, we're going to move it along to the next game. And 
Uh, so I had a Griffin Canning take that you didn't agree with. I, I might have something even crazier for you here. Um, oh, actually, you can't do it on Yahoo. Um, it's more. I think it's more. Uh, it's more on DraftKings. Yeah, I, I know who you're talking about, and I and I think I'm I'm more in line with you. There's ri- there's risk and there's ruin. <laughs> Go with the Detroit pitcher today, right? So give give me like thirty seconds on him. Well, he's cheap on DraftKings, and if everyone's going to play Austin Pruitt, not knowing if he's even going to pitch. Why not play a guy that's going to be like 20 times less owned that could give up 700 runs? <laughs> yeah. So there, there's uh the Detroit pitcher. He's got like a six ERA, but he has like uh more than a strikeout per inning and he just throws the ball. If you hit it, you hit it. And if you, you swing at it and miss, it's a strikeout. That's what he likes to do. So uh, I'm looking to play him on DraftKings. Can't do it on Yahoo. Uh, offense in this game is interesting. I think more so on DraftKings, uh, I, I like Abreu quite a bit today. He's one of my, you know, favorite. If you're just throwing balls down the middle hard, Abreu can hit those just fine. I think he's in store for a pretty good game. You can make some reasonably good stacks, but there's just not a ton of upside with the Detroit offense. The White Sox have a little bit, but they're all just they're all priced just a little bit too high. I think on Yahoo for my liking. Yeah, I love. I prefer if you're going to stack, you go on the Detroit side. Of course, you have the problem where Cabrera and Dixon are both first base eligible, so you have to play the guessing game there. But, I mean, you could fill two outfield spots, a good room at shortstop. Uh, I mean, obviously, you're not playing story. You're fading story or something there. But it gives you enough uh, positions where they're – I mean, these guys are cheap. I mean, 11 bucks, 16 bucks, 15 bucks, uh, up against Russ Detweiler, who I'm not scared of at all. Uh, it's an 11 total. So uh, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna rely on Tyler Alexander to get the win on DraftKings, uh, why not hedge that with a little uh, or or correlate that mm-hmm. with a little Yahoo Detroit stack and hope I don't lose all my money. This is what it's come to, where we're actively rostering pitchers with like six and seven ERAs just because they're cheap and that's what baseball. And we know they're pitching. And we know they're pitching. That's the we're gonna get to the the Padres pitcher. At least we know he's pitching. For a couple of innings, <laughs> we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, let's go to cores. Um, not playing the pitchers in cores. I think that's fool's gold today. The bats, they're probably a little underpriced outside of the main names. Um, to get Arenado at 20, Arenado and Story should be, you know, $27. And Freddie Freeman should be $21, right? They're underpriced. And you scroll down, you can get a, a Brantley and an Altuve and a, a Josh Reddick. And you can just... You can just get, you know, you can play a Tyler White if you got some risk tolerance for being a horrible actual MLB hitter. But you can just get a lot of players from this game that you really shouldn't be able to when it has a 14 and a half total and it's in cores with a juice ball and it's like a thousand degrees there today. It's just, it's too good of a spot. Your cash game should have multiple players from this game. Your tournaments, you should probably have one or two probably in most of your tournament teams i see a very almost like no chance that someone from this game doesn't have like a tournament winning performance you can't say no chance of course i mean a a small this is about as good of a spot as it gets i think yeah but it could be anyone i mean it could be chirinos that goes for two home runs i mean it could be someone that's like look david Dahl is 25 bucks he's probably going to be the lead him i mean he's probably be less owned than charlie blackman I mean, especially these lefty on lefty matchups against Miley. So to me, uh, in in a in a GPP, if you're going to do a one off, you're either to me you're either doing story or not. You're either playing Altuve, Bregman, Brantley. You're playing one of the chalky guys 
in a lineup where you're not playing sale or you're playing them as one-offs in a lower owned stack. So you're playing the chalky one-offs, but you have the differentiation elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if you're going to play like a more expensive, like if you're going to play sale, if you're going to play some other chalky players, I see going, well, let me just fade story, play another shortstop and then hope that, yeah, the Rockies still go off, but story, I mean, we've had games where the Rockies goes off and story has four or five strikeouts, even when they score 10 runs. Who would you, so factor in, you know, just think of all the ownership out there today. Would you rather play Bregman, Arenado, or Story in a tournament? Well, it depends on the, it depends on the lineup. I mean, uh, if I'm, if I'm playing a low on lineup, I'll, I'll plug in Story mm-hmm. because it's just a scarce position. Like shortstop is much harder to fill than any other position. So like if I don't play Story, I'd play Bregman. But I mean, I think they're both going to be owned. And then if anything, like Altuve is going to be extremely high owned yeah. for second base spot. So I can see fading him. Yeah, just uh, these guys are going to be really highly owned. I mean, you could you could play Altuve, Arenado, and Story, and still play Chris Sale, and still have a lot of other really good bats on your lineup today. So if you're, uh, I think something like that for cash games makes sense. Um, but in tournaments, don't just do even in a fifteen or seven hundred person tournament, don't do that exact same thing that one hundred and fifty other people in the, in the tournament. Well, the thing is, is that, you know, it's going to be obvious. Yeah. Like, it's not one of these types of things where you have to weigh, are people going to play Bregman or are people going to play Story? It's like Story, it's going to be in a 1,500-person contest, going to be 40% on. Altuve is going to be, four, but it's a 14-game slate. So you at least know that. We can't necessarily peg the ownership on Michael Brantley. Mm-hmm. But he's 15 bucks, and yeah, he could, I mean, anyone could get a home run in cores. Anyone could go four for five in cores. So playing a one-off, even playing Tyler White as the one-off, even though I hate the guy, because whenever I play him, he does nothing. And then when I don't play him, he hits home runs. Uh, <laughs> well, are you playing I, him tonight? I need to know this. I, no, I, I, I think he's going to be over-owned for his batting slot. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of playing. If you take a look and you back-test uh, some of the stats, uh, playing players that bat before the pitcher get a significant downgrade because of how the pitchers pitch against them. So obviously white could have upside if guys are on base before him. So if you're playing in a stack like that, but as a one-off, I typically try to avoid, unless they're a catcher, because obviously they're a really cheap catcher, but I think the opportunity cost at first base is too high for me to take like Tyler white batting eighth. All right. We got a lot of games to go through here and so a lot of things to do. So we're going to try to speed it up here. Uh, Cleveland KC, you know, like, not a lot of pitchers I like. I, I kind of like both of these guys. Clevenger, you know what you're getting. You're getting Jekyll and Hyde. If you get good Clevenger, you're going to have a great game. If you get bad Clevenger, it's close to laptop night. Um, and Duffy is a left-handed pitcher against Cleveland who's cheap. And those things fit my tournament structures of what I want uh, today. And uh, I, I kind of like both of these guys today. Wouldn't, wouldn't play either in cash. Um, but tournaments, you got a favorite uh, between the two if you had to choose. Well, on DraftKings, I would say Clevenger, but on Yahoo, I, how do you pay fifty bucks for it? I mean, I yes. if I'm going to pay that much, I'm going to get Bueller. I'm going to get Sale. I'm I'm going to I'm going to find the five bucks somewhere. Uh, Danny Duffy is cheap enough for thirty bucks. I mean, I don't necessarily like this spot against the Indians. I'm more inclined on other sites to play a Cleveland stack against him, thinking that Duffy may carry fifteen percent ownership. But he's not that. Hey, he's not a bad play on Yahoo for thirty bucks. When we were talking about Bryce Wilson. 
at mm-hmm. 25 bucks in Atlanta with like an 11 and a half total. So I, I don't I don't put it past you on Yahoo specifically, only because the Indians bats like Lindor's 20 bucks, Santana's 23 bucks. Like they're they're just better options bat wise in other games that I'm less likely to play the bats. So Duffy doesn't seem that bad. Yeah, I'm not too into the bats on uh, on Yahoo today. Just uh, I think throughout the industry, they're just going to be really low owned because they just don't fit into uh, a lot of, you know, you're going to play Lindor at shortstop or you're going to play Bregman or you're going to play Story. Um, you're probably going to play the other two guys instead. So it's it's kind of tough to make a good Cleveland stack today, in my opinion. Uh, Minnesota, Oakland, um, probably one of my favorite mid-tier pitchers of the day on Yahoo. He's somewhat expensive on DraftKings, but I, I think it's reasonably priced over there. It's going to be Kyle Gibson, who's pretty good real life pitcher and on today's slate might be just enough of a fantasy pitcher for us to kind of pull off something here today um reasonably good against righties he's got a 26 percent k rate against him this year it's going to see a lot of righties from the oakland lineup um oakland doesn't strike out a ton but the bats that are good do tend to strike out so if he's striking them out he's limiting the damage overall um just a, a good real life pitcher uh, a good park and uh, a good price on Yahoo today. Yeah, my, my current two starting pitchers in my GPP lineup on Yahoo are Sonny Gray and Kyle Gibson. So, like, in comparison, if you take a look at the other sites like DraftKings, mm-hmm. like, proportionally price-wise, they're undervalued on Yahoo in comparison to DraftKings. So, being that I'm not going to play sale on Yahoo and GPP, doing the two mid-range pitchers, I could fit in in my lineup, Gibson, Gray, and still have three or four cores bats and not really punt anywhere uh going to the bats in this game is there anything really standing out they're just probably everybody's just a little bit overpriced and the twins lineup just doesn't really do it for me today against fires it's just this is like a c c lineup from the twins if they have their a lineup sure i'd take them but i just don't really see a lot of interest in the twins here well, I think against Fires, you're, you're going for a home run one-offs because, you know, he gives up bombs. I think, yeah, obviously, second, third, you're filling with course bats. I think the most appealing guy in the game is probably C.J. Crone at first base. Like, if you're not going to play Rizzo, you're not going to play one of the other first basemen. Like, yeah, Crone could hit a home run off of Fires. All right, let's go to the Padres uh, taking on the Giants. We've got the battle of pitchers Jordan wants to talk about. Uh, we've got Al <laughs> Quantrell who has thrown one inning, two innings, and a third of a, two-thirds of an inning in his last two. And I think there's, like, a reasonable expectation that unless he's cruising through, like, three innings, he could be, like, done after three innings. He could be doing okay, and he gets four innings. I think he can get, like, five innings. But I think five innings is probably, like, the max for him. He's just not super stretched out. So there's some risk there. And then you've got perhaps the lowest strikeout pitcher I've ever seen on plate IQ in Sean Anderson with a 13% K rate so far this season, but he's cheap enough um, to work into some lineups and San Diego likes to strike out. San Diego's got a lot of power. So I think earlier in the day, I liked some of these guys, but there's just there's a lot of question marks on me, so I want to hear what you think on them. No, but the most important question mark is answered. <laughs> They're starting pitchers. They're going to pitch. This is all in the context of Austin Druitt. I mean, I know you can't play him on Yahoo, but no. when people talking about a guy that he may be pitching next, he may be a long reliever, he, they may be having a bullpen game, it's like, 
dude, these guys are going to, I mean, yeah, Quantrill may only get 60 pitches, but like he's 30 bucks on Yahoo. It's 5k on DraftKings. Like Pruitt isn't much cheaper. And like, they're the listed pitchers. People are talking about pitchers that aren't listed. These are at least listed pitchers. But that's not that's the only beneficial set. These these pitchers are horrible. They have they've limited upside outside of their cheap. They're in a pitcher's, they're in a pitcher's park. And it's a low total, eight and a half. I mean, there are strikeouts here. I mean, they'll raise their strikeout rate, the bearably ones that they have based on the teams that they're playing. But the main quality is that they're listed as starters. Um mm. Quantrell, maybe, because I think he has a, if he saw, if he gets like four and two thirds, right? Like you're, you're golden at, at 5k on DraftKings today. And you know, he's going to like at least pitch. I understand what you're saying there for tournaments today. Um, I think on Yahoo, I mean, you could pay like four or $6 more for a really good pitcher. I think I would do that, but I understand. I think it's more of a DraftKings play for you, right? No, I agree. I'd rather play Duffy at 30 bucks because at least yeah. you could pitch seven innings. Um, and on Yahoo, I don't really see myself any bats on the, the Padres are just priced through the roof. You can play, I think on FanDuel, a couple of the Padres hitters are a little too cheap and you're looking for a one-off home run. Sure. Right. Cause they're going to make contact against Anderson for sure. Um, but uh, Yahoo hard pass. Yeah. Kevin Pillar batting seven for 17 bucks. Uh, I, I, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's no. not your play of the day. Uh, no. <laughs> Arizona, uh, LA, uh, we got Bueller. Bueller's Bueller was cruising. You go into cores, you get rocked. I am not holding that against him in the least. I expect him maybe not to return to the form he was before. Cause that's, you know, four straight, extremely dominant outings. That's hard to get from anybody in today's baseball. But if you were going to move from sale, uh, I do like Bueller. I think I'd still play sale, but uh, if I had to guess, at least on Yahoo, the ownership sale's going to be X. Bueller's going to be a six of X, uh, something like that today. So if you try to factor all that in, where does Bueller stand for you? I think that Bueller is a much better GPP play on Yahoo than sale for that exact reason that yes, point per dollar, given the salaries, I think sale puts up more raw points more often of the time. But even if Sale is twice as owned as Bueller, like Bueller's, he's not going to put up more points than Bueller twice as often. It's going to be a wider spread than two x two. Right. That that's that. Well, that makes it even of a better play. It just comes down to the fact of Bueller's a good enough pitcher that he could put up a monster score as much as Sale could put up a monster score, and both both pitchers could just put up average games. And for the ownership, if they were equally owned, take Sale. He's the better pitcher. But if he's going to be two, three, four times less owned, I'd much rather play Bueller and hope Sale just has an average game. Uh, the one Dodger bat interesting to me is going to be Jock Peterson. He's 11 bucks. He shouldn't be that cheap. That's about it for me for bats in this game. Yeah, I'm not going to pick on Bueller. And outside of Peterson, I don't see anyone that's really that appealing on the Dodgers. All right, final game. And then we'll kind of give our favorite players. I don't know if we're going to have a bunch of time for QQs, but we'll try them in a second. Um, I think my my... There's a lot to like in this game on Yahoo, um, which is really strange to say. But the first thing I want to talk about is Adam Wainwright. Um, 34 bucks on Yahoo, you're right. Cheap pitchers, you can pair him with a, a high-end guy. He's had some reasonable success. I know he struggles a little bit more against the lefties than the righties. He's going to face some lefties. But the Mariner, I mean, it's it's Malik Smith and J.P. Crawford and, and D. Gordon, right? And there's a couple good lefties in there, like a, a Vogelbach and things like that. But... I don't think I, I don't expect him to have a great game, but I don't think it's out of the expectation 
for him to have a great game. And at 34 bucks on this slate, uh, even in a spot that's not amazing, that certainly uh, he's, he would enter my starting pitching rotation for sure. Yeah, I mean, he, I think he's, he's a better pitcher in a better spot than Duffy. I mean, he's only four bucks more. But I mean, if if you're plugging in one of these guys, you're not none of these guys in the in the $30 range are guys you're really, really excited about playing. And I know he's facing six lefties, but I mean, at least at least he's the listed starter. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Down to that. <laughs> Better than what some people might play today. Um, the other thing that's really interesting in this game is the St. Louis Bats. Now they've been cold, and if if you haven't been good for like three weeks on Yahoo, you basically become a min price player, and then they shoot you up a couple games after. But uh, I think we've got guys like Jose Martinez is minimum price on Yahoo today. He's seven dollars. Um, now he's not going to hit two home runs in a game ever again the entire season. So. <laughs> but he's he's seven bucks against leak goldschmidt is like nine dollars uh it's it's really hard to pass on some of these de is 11 it's tough to use your shortstop on him but point per dollar he's a really good play you can mix and match these as one-offs or a, a mini stack or something like that i'm gonna play, I'm, I'm gonna play jose martinez on my cash team just because it gets me everything else that i want today but you can do some fun stuff with a couple of the Seattle uh, bats today, Jordan. The Cardinals bats. Yes, uh, the Cardinals bats. Well, it, Seattle it, bats, no. It, it's fun stuff until, they, you know, they, they, what, that game's going to start at 10-10, and then you look at your lineups and like, oh, I'm 60 points behind. I hope I get enough points out of Tyler O'Neill. <laughs> like, the, to me, that's not that fun. I mean, yes, they're, this is the vomit stack of the day on Yahoo if you're going to play four or five of these guys, because then you could play. But the problem is that if you're going to play DeJong or Edmund, you can't play the cores. Yeah, I'm stuff. probably not playing DeJong. Uh, Jose Martinez looks to be like a pretty core play for me today. Yeah, and you fill that. You could, But you could play uh, You could play Edmund and you fade Altuve, Martinez, Goldschmidt, O'Neal, Molina to fill your catcher spot. And then you could pay up for like really two good pitchers and still have good one-offs. I mean, that that's a strategy. Mike Leak, it's not like I'm afraid of him. And there's no way I'm paying $41 from Mike Leak on Yahoo. <laughs> yeah, definitely not doing that. Um, so on my screen, I'm going to start. I'm going to give you guys what I think are, are probably some of your core plays on Yahoo today. And then, Devin, if you got QQs or you have them in chat, start throwing them in there, and we'll close out the show with them. So I put in Sale and Sunny Gray. Um, gray is weather dependent. So I, I want to make clear that you're going to have to pay attention to Roth not just at his 5.30 update and not just what he says um, at the start of crunch time. You're going to have to watch crunch time all the way to the end because Cincinnati's going to have these pop-up storms. Um, are you okay with those two as kind of anchoring, you know, like a, a cash game or kind of core plays of the highest-owned players on Yahoo today? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I, I left Martinez in. I think what you got to start doing is throwing in a, some course plays so you can play Arenado. You could play story and uh, I don't want to get too far into it, but if I, if I punch all these in, I've got 10 bucks, 10 bucks is a lot of money to spend on the rest of your players on Yahoo, because there's always good $7 players. You can make something like this work as a uh, kind of your core plays. You see anything here that, that wouldn't stand out any players we talked about that would fit into something else that, that you'd want to stress here. Well, for, I mean, you're putting together a very cash friendly I, we try to highlight, uh, at least I do when I do these, what, what are going to be some of the highest owned and theoretical best plays point per dollar and stuff. Like right. That. But in this type of lineup, I mean, you're going to punt at catcher. Like you're, you're playing Zanino. You're playing 
can't give the full line on Jordan. Well, I mean, you don't have to play this. I'm just, I'm just saying that if you go down from Arenado to Bryant, mm-hmm. it gives you more Brian, money. Bryant's not the lineup, by the way. Oh, Bryant's not even in the lineup. No, he, he's, he is, he. That came out maybe like ten minutes ago. So. Oh, okay. So that makes it easy. Okay, so we don't have to bother. So it makes Arenado's ownership go even higher up. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. So I'm I'm just thinking from a, a GPP's perspective, if you are going to build around these core plays, like this is the type of thing where like find find I mean find the cheapest like correlated players. Mm-hmm. So like that's why I look at Jose Martinez in your lineup. It's like yeah, throw in Goldschmidt and O'Neill and Molina. So at least you have like a four man Cardinal stack. Like for GPP, cash-wise, you may not want all the Cardinals you can, but if you want to take these these more uh, chalky one-offs and and have sale in your lineup, at least do a, at least have it correlated with the all cheaper right. guys. We got a good QQ, and it's it's not this guy or that guy. It's more strategy, and that's what I like talking about more. So it's uh, and I think you'll enjoy it too. Is how do you land on your favorite stack of the night? How do you actually? So I've got I've got five lineups. Uh, in tournament lineups. So I'm going to hand build them. I'm not doing the lineup HQ tonight. I'm going to hand make my five teams. How am I going to decide which five teams are? How would you decide what your five teams are? Well, I mean, the, the, the general concept that you have to determine is for the, sa- the salary adjusted expectation of the players that you're playing, five players, four pl- whatever the stack is, versus the ownership. So that's why the cheaper the stack, the less likely that they, they don't have to go off and be in the winning lineup as often because they're cheaper at a very expensive stack. Like they have to over, if you're going to stack $20 players on Yahoo, five of them, like no one could underperform. That team has to score 13 runs, 14 runs in order to make up the salary that you can't play elsewhere. And then you compare that to the ownership. So that's why the three biggest things when it comes to stacking or playing GPPs in DFS are salary, expectation, and ownership. And then yes. you have to judge for yourself on the field thinks this, who's less likely to do well, but not as less likely to do well comparison to how much lower owned that they are. Yeah. So I look at Slate IQ. I haven't opened. This is the first time I've looked at Slate IQ. I usually wait till a little later in the day to look at it. But um, you can see Houston Coors going to draw a lot of ownership. Surprise, surprise. Um, you can see even at super high ownership, Houston uh, is still a small positive leverage. These things can kind of change when the final ownership updates get in here today. But on on my five, I might have one of them be a Houston or Colorado stack. And if I do that, I won't have the chalky pitchers or chalky one-offs with them. I'll have something a little different in those. And then if I use, let's say, I, you know, I like Atlanta spot today. And we talked on Yahoo how they're really expensive. But if I use an Atlanta stack today, right, they're just anything that's not Houston or Colorado or Boston on DraftKings is going to be under-owned, I think, in, in terms of uh, ownership and probabilities. So if I went to a, a team like Atlanta and they're all sub 10%, no matter who I use, now I can mix in a chalkier pitcher or at least one chalky um, bat or something like that as a one-off or something like that. So I, I really look at Slate IQ. Um, this team stacking thing is really, really helps you, helps me determine which teams uh, I'm going to look at. And, and it's usually, I won't have the highest owned if I'm just hand making a couple teams. I'll pick somewhere in the 
this range of teams to kind of select from, usually ones that are are probably a little bit positive leverage. And then if they're low owned, I'll mix in higher owned pitchers or higher owned one offs and things like that. Right. Slate, sense. IQ, Slate IQ pretty much does <laughs> the work of what the concept that I just was talking about. Yeah, it's a great product and uh, definitely valuable for all tournament players. And I think eventually we just got FanDuel and Results DB. So eventually maybe Slate IQ for FanDuel or something like that. Like, I don't even know, but some point down the road in a year, that would be amazing if we could do something like that. But yeah, it's a great product. And if you have premium, I encourage you to go check it out. Uh, Other than that, guys, we got to get out of here. Thanks to Yahoo for sponsoring the show. Don't forget, if you want to play best ball, it's not just on draft anymore. I know they got a lot of hype. Yahoo has best ball as well. Devin, if you want to put the link for the people to go check it out. That would be great. Uh, you can go play over there. It's sort of like you've been playing on draft, but you got to pick a defense as well. So there's a little bit of different strategy. And you're going to have, a, I think, a little bit more noobish players on Yahoo, especially once the season uh, gets a little bit closer because their regular fantasy product is so huge. People will migrate over. And I don't know. I'm, I'm just waiting. I'm, I'm circling the waters, waiting uh, a little bit closer to really hop into the Yahoo best balls. Um, go check that out. Jordan. Uh, it was fun. We'll have to do some more shows together. I'm um, glad to have you on here at Roto Grinders. Uh, and uh, thanks to everybody for watching. Um, he's Jordan. I'm Britt. And we out you. Bar for a big Wednesday night on FanDuel. Four bats for you at 3K or below. One of my favorite stacks on the night. And I'm going to give you a pitcher I think can outproduce Chris Sale. Who are we talking about? Belly up to the Fantasy Bar and find out. Welcome in, guys. Wednesday edition beers, daily fantasy six pack. Good to be back here in the fantasy bar with six guys fresh off the tap for you on FanDuel. Like I mentioned, some value bats, some weather spots we want to hit, some cheap stacks for you out there, and a pitcher I think is in for a big night. Now, a couple things before we get into place tonight. Got Coors Field on the docket. You know the rules. Too easy. I'm not going to give you plays from Coors Field. Going to give you some guys outside of there to play. FanDuel single entry series rolls on presented by us here at Roto Grinders. Get in your entry. $5 gets you in that tournament. Everybody gets one lineup. So the baby will fill up fast. Get in there and get signed up for that tournament today. Also, Sharp Side running a contest where absolutely free. You make your bets, you lock in your bet of the day, and the longest streak for the month is going to win credit over at FanDuel. $1,000 to the winner. And again, best thing about this contest absolutely free so if you don't have the sharp side app go and download it start making your lock bets today longest streak is going to win that thousand dollars fifteen hundred dollars in total prizes available and again absolutely free now let's get you some more free plays here tonight on Fando. let's start with one of those teams i said i love the stack tonight and that's cincinnati let's start in the outfield with jesse winker just three thousand so solid numbers for Winker this season. ISO over 250 against righties. Woba sitting at 372 in this spot. And Mr. Chassin loves to use that slider against left-handed hitters. 358 Woba against that pitch as well and uses it 47% of the time. So he's cheap, hits righties well, hits the primary pitch well, and we have some nice hitting conditions 
in Cincinnati. We're talking temperatures well into the 80s and the dew points, you know I love, into the 70s. Anytime a dew point gets to that 70 degree mark, definitely want some exposure to it. You have that here in Cincinnati tonight, checking all the boxes for Jesse Winker to lead us off at just 3,000. Now let's stay with Cincinnati with more value at second base, Scooter Jeanette, 2,900. So we threw him in yesterday, didn't do great for us, but I'm going to go back to the well. The 0 for 5 is not going to scare me away here tonight. I mentioned Cincinnati, a great low-cost stacking option. A lot of these guys sitting right at that $3,000 mark makes it very easy to stack them and still get another premium stack, another high-end pitcher, whatever route you want to go. But we obviously don't have a ton of stats on Jeanette this season coming back from injury, but 376 Woba for him last season against right-handed pitchers. And Chassin, we've already mentioned a little bit, but that 39% hard contact rate, not good against this team. You got Winker, you got Jeanette, you got a guy like Joey Votto in that lineup. I'm fine with righties or lefties, but the lefties the way we're going to go here today, especially with the value at just 2,900. All right, let's stay on the infield with more value at third base. Josh Donaldson, just 3,000. So generally, guy, we try to target against lefties, but been very good against righties. We'll get to that here in a minute, but I think we'll get some recency bias here. A bigger slate. I don't think anyone's really going to go to Josh Donaldson. So a great spot to be under the radar here. But numbers against righties, very solid this season. 238 ISO, nice 370 weighted OBA. And when, again, you look at the pitch type, Nick Pavetta loves to use that fastball 41% of the time. That's his pitch to right-handed hitters. Donaldson, nice 331 ISO against that pitch. So matches up in the stat column and the pitch types once again here. And Pavetta just been a mess against righties. I've been much better against lefties either. Land in a good spot here, but against righties, 420 Wova, 262 ISO. Strikeout rate under 20% and a hard contact rate up at 44%. Donaldson, too cheap. Good matchup here against Pavetta at just 3,000. Value train rolls on here. Pick number four, outfielder Jordan Luplo, 2,900. Anytime you can get a heart of the order bat and a good lineup like Cleveland's under 3,000, something we got to take advantage of. We're going to do that tonight with Jordan Luplo. You see that ISO over 400 for him against left-handed pitching. 476 is the way that OBA and Danny Duffy, a guy in some spots I'll utilize as a pitcher against this Cleveland team. But I'd rather exposure to the Indians bats here tonight. You look at the fly balls, the hard contact rate. I'd love to look at those two things combined. And when you look at Danny Duffy, both numbers sitting right around 40%. So you get a good shot at home runs. Again, nice weather conditions here. Makes Lupo one of my favorite value plays on the board at just 2,900. All right, I promised you a starting pitcher with big time upside. We're going to go to the high end. It's not Chris Sale. We're going to go with Walker Bueller, 10,100. So last matchup with Arizona struck out 11 Diamondbacks in that meeting, averaging 9.2 strikeouts per game over his last five starts. And one of those starts, a low four strikeout game. And I know he has some double-digit strikeout games. That last game in Coors Field, we're going to throw that out. We're going to look at the team total here for Arizona, sitting right at three, lower than Chris Sale. We're going to look at a little bit of history, and it's only 50 at-bats. This Diamondbacks team hitting just 180 off of Walker Bueller. I think everything lines up again for this guy to hit double-digit strikeouts. Chris Sale, more expensive. Obviously, the stud on this slate. Bold call, Walker Bueller outscores Chris Sale here tonight at a cheaper price at just 10100 All right, it's time to take a look at my favorite play. But before we do that, guys, who's your favorite play? Get in the comment section. Had a lot of great talk yesterday. A lot of beasts of the night picks, so get your pick in there. And while you're there on YouTube, 
two favors to ask for you. Subscribe to the channel if you have not done that yet. And if you enjoy the Fantasy Bar, very simple. No tips required here. In this bar, all you got to do, guys, hit that thumbs up button. It really helps us out, and I greatly appreciate it. Now, let's take a look at my favorite play, you know Mass, the Beast of the Night. All right, Beast time, one more bat to get you here. Quickly becoming one of my favorites. That's first baseman Daniel Vogelbach, 3,800, tonight's Beast of the Night. Now, not only do I love Overbach, when I see Adam Wainwright on the slate, I instantly look who are the power lefties in the lineup, and Vogelbach, the first guy I am putting in my lineup here tonight. Why is that? Adam Wainwright against lefties, 424 weighted OBA allowed, 264 is the ISO, and you see that hard contact rate approaching 50%. Vogelbach been outstanding against righties. ISO, as you see, well over 300. The Woba well over 400. Falling the home run here. Hell, I think he has two home runs. Let's go big here tonight. The point is Daniel Vogelbach in a great spot under 4K against a bad pitcher. Loving him here tonight against Adam Wainwright at a nice price of 3,800, easily making him the beast of the night. All right, guys, that wraps up here for Wednesday night in the Fantasy Bar. Any comments, questions, feedback, get in that comment section. Don't forget, sharp side, get in that contest and the single entry series. This is a $5 entry tonight on Handle for Rotogrinders.com. I am Bear Sansalu. Everyone, good luck tonight. We're going to take tomorrow off. Hope everybody has a great 4th of July holiday. We're right back here on Friday talking more picks here in the Fantasy Bar. Good luck, guys. Hey, thanks for checking out our videos. If you want more expert advice on DraftKings, FanDuel, or any other daily fantasy sports, make sure you check out the current videos playlist. going on rotor riders dean here it's dean 7904 if you want to get all technical i mean it's five o'clock on the dot on the east coast two o'clock on the west coast four o'clock tennessee time which of course we just time for the flagship show here at rotor riders it's called riders live it's sponsored by fantasy draft and joining me today straight from uh canada uh happy belated canada day happy possibly Kawhi letter has Kawhi uh, driven past you i mean i don't know how much Indians in toronto right now i have not seen the uh chief tahoe chief tahoe the uh what is it? A, a Ford Tahoe, perhaps? Oh, is that what it is? Chevy I don't know. The Tahoe? Oh, Chevy Tahoe. That's what it is. I think it's a Chevy Tahoe. I haven't seen that go by just yet, but uh, I'm a little concerned about you, Dean. I mean, I'm hoping Kawhi Leonard signs. I think he's taking his time here, but 
It is 800 degrees pretty much everywhere, even in Canada. It's smoking hot today, and you are still rocking a hoodie. I mean, what is the temperature in Nashville? Well, I, it's, I'm, that's a pullover. Thanks for noticing, but I'm, I'm just trying to be comfortable over here. But uh, it, this is, I've been wearing a hoodie literally every single show we've done the entire year. This is the first time you've noticed. So, uh, you know, it, it, it shows, it, it just says more about you as far as your attention to detail than it does about me as far as wearing hoodies. I think it's fine to wear a hoodie when it's spring, you know, when it's fall, when it's winter. Uh, but it's like smoking hot, dead of summer now, and you're still wearing one. I, I don't understand that. Unless they got the AC cranked up so much. There's D train. Got the AC cranked up and it's like 55, 60 in there? I don't think so. It's fine. I'm comfortable. I'm okay. And like normally I'm in my, my apartment. Well, sometimes like today with the office, obviously you can see by the uh, the background, it confirms that's the, that's the Nashville backdrop behind me. But um, yeah, I just, I like to keep it like pretty cool at my apartment. And like, this is just generally what I, uh, what I like to wear, what I feel comfortable with. I'm, Pepsi, I'm not judging you over there. I don't know what, uh, what you got the, once again with the Rotor Grinders, I guess you're staying on brand, so good for you, but. I hope you have more than one of those shirts because you're always wearing that same shirt. <laughs> I've got several. I've got uh, four colors, four different shirts. I like to mix and match. That's not kind of my t-shirts or hoodies either, but it's not hoodie weather. So I'm going short sleeve here. Pepsi, we have no time for this nonsense. No time for shenanigans. we got a full slate, 14 games going down tonight. we got to knock out a couple promos before we step aside <clears throat> and make way and talk about the slate. Uh, you guys know the sharp side uh, streak, that, that contest is still going out. Still going down on the sharp side app. $1,500 is up for grabs in FanDuel credit. Uh, if you finish first, you get 1000 If you finish second, you get 300 If you finish third, you get $200 as far as FanDuel credit. And fourth through 10th gets themselves uh, RG premium for a month. Check out the sharp side app for more details. You want to basically have the longest streak at the end of the month. There you go. Simple enough. Uh, speaking of FanDuel, they do have uh, the Rotorbrenner single series entry is still going down as well. You guys can check that out. We're going to go ahead and drop a link in chat for you guys. I think it's $5 uh, all week long. So that, uh, that, that's, I'm not sure if it's filled up just yet, but it should fill up soon because, uh, you know, tonight's contest. And uh, there's added bonus, obviously, to it as well. One last thing, Pepsi, before we dig in and talk about the slate. It's a big slate. It's a good one. Uh, and Devin, of course, is dropping all these links in the chat. I'm not sure if it's in the – I'm sure he's all over the YouTube chat as well, too. If you guys are watching some YouTube, feel free to like and subscribe. Uh, check out those links with the RG – Badge promo, the avatar, if you're rocking the RG avatar around uh, the industry, if you uh, think a contest or finish the top 10 of certain contests, you will win yourself one month Roto-Grinders premium if you happen to have the RG avatar. And we want to give shout outs to the people that are doing that. Uh, most recently, we got Castma one who has signed up. So there you go. Welcome to rocking the RG badge. Pepsi, I've talked a lot and a lot of promos, and now I just noticed you're doing some Pulp Fiction thing over there. Look, dude, I gotta, I gotta satisfy the suits. What do you want from me? <laughs> do you want to read all this? Hey, I'm, I think you're doing a great job. I'm just trying to entertain the crowd while we're, uh, while we're going through this nonsense. And uh, you know, I'm not trying to interrupt you or anything like that. It's you who decided to uh, stop halfway through and talk to me here. Well, I think you were mocking. I wouldn't say interrupting, but you're definitely mocking. <laughs> I was just kind of loosening up and dancing a little bit, you know. Are those your pre-show calisthenics? Is that what's going on? Yeah, I wasn't mocking you. I think you look good in your hoodie, despite the fact it's 90 degrees out. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I don't sense any sarcasm at all. <laughs> uh, Pepsi, we're going to dive in on top of the slate. We're talking about our favorite pitchers, favorite hitters. We're going to do the screen share as far as our premium peak. You're going to give your favorite jack and a bag plays. You're going to give some stacks. You're going to give some homers. We're going to talk to the chat. If you guys are asking chat questions over there on YouTube, Dietrian's going to pull them and throw them in the RG chat. Uh, before we do that, give me a screenshot because there's a lot going down. Give me the screenshot as far as this slate. Uh, summarize it for me. Uh, I, I'm a little bit overwhelmed. Uh, make, uh, how are you going to make this work? 
Yeah, th- there's a lot to like. I mean, in terms of pitching, for example, a couple aces up top, some mid-tier guys, some value guys, a little bit of question mark or two on some of these value guys as well. we got a game in Colorado where we really, really want to get exposure to unless you're playing one entry. You like to be contrarian. I mean, I think you have to get exposure to that game in Colorado. There's also five or six other spots that seem to be a pretty good spot to go for offense. So there's a lot to like tonight. Um, I think it's a good job that you, a uh, good idea at least, that you tuned in here because we're going to break it all down for you because we need to break this down to figure out, you know, what we're spending up for, where we're saving, where we're going. Because, um, you know, ideally you want to get exposure to Chris Sale, who might be the best DFS pitcher in baseball. And you got a game in Coors Field that has one of the biggest overrunners we've ever seen. And could easily hit 20 runs tonight. Hard to do both. So uh, we'll figure out a way to get exposure to all of that here. But uh, it's an interesting slate. It's a fun slate, I think, in all formats tonight. Yeah. So the tricky thing is, is we kind of sort of make that – we could sort of make that work with sale and get all the all the studs as well, especially like on DK and on fantasy draft. Like some of the right. guys just priced down. There's some like – I don't want to say – it's just really, really loose. Let's just say that. Let's be honest. Uh, especially some of the guys in cores like Trevor Story. We'll talk about it in a second. But uh, in Altuve, they, they moved up a little bit, but not enough. Uh, as far as the total in that game, what is it, 13, uh, 14, 13 and a half, 14? It's, it's been moving all day uh, up. And I'm trying to find my page as I'm scrolling for it. What do we have here, Pepsi, as far as the Colorado game? I'm doing the same thing here. And why am I not getting a total here? I can't find it. I'm, there it is, 14 and a half. Okay. I feel like it was- okay. Yeah, I got it too now. It's just as you got that. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's a crazy high total. I mean, that's just not a game that I want to ignore in any format tonight. And, I'm not playing enough GPP entries to fade that game. Let's just say that. I don't know how many you have to play before you fade it. Yeah, I mean, I understand why you would do it, you know, for ownership reasons. And, again, it's a full slate. So, a lot of times I don't really care so much about ownership. But, again, we keep saying, or we've said several times now, like some of the guys are so priced down that it's so obvious. But, of course, it's baseball and it's variance. We'll fade anybody, especially at a high projected total ownership. And there are plenty of good pivots. Like the Red Sox are egregious as far as their price, too. Like uh, Betts and Martinez are just kind of silly. And, Eventually, you run out of roster spots, so those are the kind of the obvious places. But you know, we have an eleven and a half total in Texas. We have an eleven total in that second half. Uh, you know, Detroit versus Chicago. Tyler Alexander looks like a guy who's not going to strike out many guys in the majors, according to the projection models. And then you know, Ross Detweiler or Retread. Um, you know, Atlanta and Philly. Hot Atlanta is going to be in the nineties tonight. Uh, I was looking at Ross Weatheridge. Maybe we'll take a peek at that later on the show. Uh, it was popping, I believe, for Atlanta. Um, nope, not Atlanta. Atlanta wasn't the one for whatever reason. Oh, you know what it is? Atlanta's a small sample. Ignore that because, you know, the ballpark's only been around for a short period of time. That makes sense. But Colorado, <laughs> we're expecting 90-degree weather in Colorado, a bump, as at least as of right now. This is always fluid. It's always moving. It's always changing based upon the weather. But, you know, 28% uh, you know, bump as far as homers there, uh, 8.4% bump as far as runs. Again, not a huge sample, so understand that, 20-plus games. Uh, and KC has a ridiculous – 39.6% bump in homers, not a particularly homer ballpark, obviously, but it's going to be hot there. 151 game sample size as well. So uh, bats are going to be rocking, but as far as the arms, you mentioned it, uh, it's Chris Sale. I want to say, I don't want to say it's Chris Sale and everybody else because there's, you know, Bueller's right there as well, but uh, talk about Sale first. You know, I mean, he's just been a stud this season. I mean, he's been extremely consistent. The strikeout rate's fantastic over 35%. The walk rate's barely over five. He's just that guy you can count on. He pitches deep in the games. You know, he's going to generate a ton of strikeouts, double digits in what, six of his last seven starts. So this is a guy that you're willing to pay up for and you know what you're going to get. Even when he gets roughed up a little bit, he still puts up a solid floor. And, of course, he's got the highest ceiling of anybody on tonight's slate. The Jays have got a little better. They can get a little more right-handed now. They can be a little more annoying than they were early in the season. 
I'm not necessarily in love with the matchup. I just think of tonight's slate, it's sale, you know, heads and tails above the rest for the most part. I, like you said, you can make a, a case for Walker Buehler, uh, but for only $2,000 more in fantasy draft here, it's all Chris Sale for me at the top. And I like Buehler. I think he's a great pitcher. I'm a big fan of him, but I don't love that matchup versus Arizona either. Neither one of them really have a great matchup, but Sales is obviously a little easier than, than Buehler's is, and uh, he just has the bigger upside. For, if I'm paying up, it's all about Chris Sale. Yeah, I mean, if people are going to point to that game against Toronto not too long ago. He wasn't necessarily great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and he, he did sort of salvage, though. He still got his eight strikeouts and, uh, what, five innings or so. I remember that, if I'm not mistaken, the game still led off with uh, Sogard, who does not strike out a ton, giving him, like, a nine or 10 or 11 pitch at bat or so. And then he, like, he fouled off a bunch of pitches, obviously, uh, and then just served a little blooper out to left field or something like that. And he's a bit of a pest, but... You know, I'm I'm not afraid of that. Like, you know, he's not this great hitter that we're afraid of. Uh, obviously, Mala is going to strike out a fair bit. Drury as well, too. Collectively, you know, 22.7%. The number doesn't really pop with sale. His ability to strike to strike out the world, no matter who it may or may not be. As far as the Ks, the last two years, actually, it's higher versus righties, 37.8%. 34.5 versus lefties. Mostly righties, obviously, in this lineup. Uh, and you know, if you fire up the uh, the lineup HQ or as you like to call it Pepsi, because you have plenty of time, you can say all the syllables. Uh, lineup head, headquarters, right? Is that as you like to say it? Yeah, I just talk really fast. That's why I'm easy. It's easier for me to get it in. All right. Well, okay. Uh, Chris Sale far and above everybody else. Well, as far as the the props, as far as the you know the proper case tonight, eight and a half for Sale. Walker Bueller is at seven, seven and a half. We'll talk about him in a second. And then the next tier is five and a half. A bunch of dudes are five and a half. Just the difference in eight and a half case projected and five and a half case projected is just massive. Uh, if you're playing cash games tonight, just make Chris Sale work. Uh, that, that, that's sort of where I'm at. Uh, speak on Bueller, who's an interesting pivot in tournaments. I don't think you could play Sale and Bueller together. I've not tried that. It's an interesting idea. Maybe if I can make it work, I might look at that. But uh, have you tried to, try to do that today or no? No, I never, I never tried that at all. Just because of the fact that I don't really love either of their matchups as much as I love them as pitchers, and of course with all the bats I want to get to, that just basically eliminates everything. So I do love to double up on the aces on nights where I love them and the matchup, and I don't love bats. That is not the case tonight. And I will say this though, I think on a, on a two pitcher site like uh, Fantasy Draft or DraftKings, I really want to start with Sale. But on a one pitcher side like Fanduel, if you're not playing cash, you know I don't love Bueller or Sales matchups, so I'm okay going to the mid tier, and we'll talk about that later on. If you're throwing some entries out there in GBPs and loading up on bats, or even on fantasy draft, if you want to get out of that top tier, um, you know a lot of opportunity cost, obviously. But and hit up a couple of mid tier arms, or even a couple of value arms to get all the bats. I'm not against that either on tonight's slate. I think the bats win it for you tonight, and I just don't love. Again, the, the matchups for either Sale or Bueller as much as I love them as a pitcher. We talk about D-Train being fabulous and multitasking and all that. He was just in the room here adjusting the mic. So it's not – we don't just say it for fun. He is a multitasker. He's all over it. Of course, he wasn't copying and pasting questions over there on YouTube at the same time. That's just not possible. Uh, if you guys are firing questions on YouTube right now, well, feel free to like and subscribe. And Devin's all over it. But hopefully, somehow – nobody's ever told me this before, Pepsi, but uh, apparently I was too low. I was not being loud enough. But uh, I, hopefully we got our mic uh, all good now. Uh, the mid-tier is pretty terrible. Uh, you know, if you want to play Dominga Hermada at, uh, you know, five figures, there's, there's no chance I'm playing him today. I know he's jumping to the NL uh, at a nice ballpark bump as well, too. But the tricky part with Herman uh, is he's fully priced up, and he's not going to throw a full lot when it pitches. Uh, coming back from the, the IL, I think he threw, uh, what was it, 65 pitches as far as a uh, – you know, as far as, you know, a rehab start. And generally speaking, maybe they work up like 15 pitches or so or something like that. So I think the max 
is like 80. Maybe you get 80 pitches at Herman, but again, they're charging you full price. We're crossing him off the list, right? Yeah, I think so. Just because, like you said, the, the leash isn't very long over there. I think that maybe on FanDuel, perhaps is the only site you roll the dice at 8,100. That's a reasonable price tag if you're looking to get off, uh, um, you know, a couple of their more popular guys in that mid-tier there. That would be the site that perhaps you do it. But, yeah, for the most part, the upside is there. We know we can strike the guys out. The Mets aren't a scary matchup by any means in that ballpark. But uh, the leash is short and the price is too high. Uh, the ballpark, Kansas City, generally speaking, plays well for pitchers. Well, like we said, according to Weather Edge, at least as of right now, uh, it's leaning for the hitters more so than it typically is. Uh, Clevenger versus KC, like you're not getting a big discount. Of course, he got pummeled last time out, but uh, last two timeouts, uh, you know, coming back from the IL, I think both times. Uh, I assume he's fine. His velocity was fine. And uh, I guess he's an interesting pivot for tournaments, but I, 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 it's unlikely I get there. What's your take? Yeah, I'm a big fan of Clevenger in general, but, you know, we've, we've seen him really struggle since he's come back from injuries with that walk rate. He's not pitching deep in the games either. As much as we like the ballpark and the matchup here, he's also something that's a little bit overpriced right now considering he's maybe not going deep in the games. He's not completely all the way back in terms of being sharp. And he mentioned it's 90 degrees in Kansas City. That ball might fly a little more. So I just think due to the price, he's off the slate here for me tonight. And you think in Kansas City, Atlanta, Colorado, all these stadiums where you talked about it being over 90 degrees, the ball should be flying. You think anybody there is wearing a hoodie? <laughs> Seems you, know too hot, right? you know, what's funny is I'm going to Atlanta this weekend, most likely. That's the plan, at least. And I'm going to watch some baseball there. Uh, I believe the Marlins are in town. Just a coincidence it's happened to work out. But uh, there is a decent chance I'll be in. I, I want to get away from the sun, man. I don't want any sun. So I will probably be the only person in, the, in, in Atlanta in the 90s wearing a hoodie. Uh, I, I won't be hard to find. So uh, there you go. I wonder if there's something like – they should really invent like something maybe long sleeve, like dry fit, something light that covers your whole body so maybe you don't have to wear a hoodie. Or even maybe you can wear a tank top or a muscle shirt, even a T-shirt. I'm wearing a tank rub top? Some, and rub some cream on you or something that what? would eliminate sunburn. That would also help you not wear a hoodie. If only they had these things out there, Dean, you wouldn't have to wear a hoodie when it's 95. You want me to rub some? <laughs> Go sunscreen, Dean. Sunscreen. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, I, understand. I, I, I have the SPF 100. I did purchase that, actually, as, uh, in preparation for this trip. We got Big T in the chat trolling me because we, I lost American dollars to him. Uh, not loonies and toonies, but actual real-life American dollars because I wagered against uh, Vargas, who yes. impending doom is coming for Vargas. It's supposed to be coming. Uh, I'm not going to be rostering Vargas. I don't know what Big T's going to do. His two favorite players, Vargas versus DJ LeMahieu, uh, he's, he was, uh, I don't know who he's going to roster, but, um, we're not rostering for this Yankee lineup for the record, uh, not very good. No E5 because, you know, E5 is not a very good defensive player. So they can't, uh, they can't trust him out there in the field. Uh, he didn't crack the lineup. Uh, it's a bad Yankee lineup loses the DH as well as the Yankee lineup go. It's not particularly impressive void. Of course, the DL as well. Uh, but I'm still call me stubborn, but I refuse to believe this just Jason Vargas is having a revelation at like age, I don't know, 35, whatever he is. Are we rostering Jason Vargas? No, we're certainly not doing that. And I think I was on the air last time we talked about uh, Big T liking Vargas and us liking uh, the Phillies bats. I mean, it worked out eventually for the Philly bats. They got it going, but they didn't really do much damage against Vargas. So Big T was certainly right on that one. And he's been right most of the season and then most of basketball season too. So he's a tough guy to argue with. I don't think I'll be taking What do you know about basketball most of the basketball season? Well, he had some big scores once the big tournaments there too, from what I saw. So that's not a guy that I really want to argue with right now or bet against. But uh, <laughs> I'm certainly taking the Yankees side of things versus Vargas today. He did say the Yankees lineup's a little depleted, you know, with Voight and Canastro and out of it, but it's still pretty loaded. I mean, 
one through five is really solid. You could argue that you could stack that easily. I kind of like the Yankees again today. Mm-hmm. And at some point, you know, that has to change. I think some regression is still coming from Vargas, but maybe he's just a better pitcher than we all think he is. So how much does one player affect your opinion on considering rostering somebody? Because Sonny Gray has, like, been pretty good this year, a little up and down, but, but pretty solid. The ballpark's not great. Uh, take note, by the way, uh, there is weather potentially lurking in Cincinnati, so you want to hit up Roth on crunch time, see what's going down there. I saw uh, earlier today it didn't look particularly appealing, but, you know, weather tends to change, and Roth will be all over that. He'll give the most up-to-date update uh, on crunch time later. But uh, this Milwaukee lineup looks significantly worse without Yelich and his 30 or 31 home runs, whatever it is, was actually silly. Um, you know, and there are some Ks, especially in the back end, if you look at as far as this year, you know, against right-handers, you know, Thames strikes out at 33%, Hera, small sample size at 33%, Gamble at 28%, the, the little salad, Tyler salad, you know, 46%, super small sample in the little salad. Uh, you know, Pena at 25%. It's not just no Yelich, it's also no Grandal. This lineup is not a good Milwaukee lineup. Uh, and it, the mid-tier is not good today in baseball, as far as the pitchers throwing baseballs. A Sunday Gray is up to the conversation for me. How about yourself? Is Christine Yelich the MVP again right now? Season ends today. Uh, Bellinger might have something to say about it. It's, it's probably those two. Like, I, don't, I, I have not looked at the comparing to Trask just yet, but it's one of those two, I would imagine. I liked him in season-long leagues coming in. I felt like being a top 7, 8, 9, 10 pick in season-long was a little bit crazy. I thought, you know, the home runs were regressed. He'd still be a good ball player. So I passed on him in every league in the first round, and it's just crushing me now. But you're, you're right, though. It does look awful. Let's be, it doesn't look very good at all. Uh-huh. Um, you know, Kane and Braun, you like obviously a lot better when they're facing a lefty in there. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't really dig into this lineup here. I still don't love it. The ballpark's tough. The weather's not great, as you mentioned. It's like the one game weather-wise we could get a delay, which is also annoying. And, and I feel like in that mid-tier, especially on two pitcher sites like uh, Fantasy Draft here, I'm likely going to the top with sailing down the bottom with a couple of value arms. I'm likely not going to land the mid-tier too often here. So Sale probably misses the cut for me, perhaps maybe on FanDuel, or sorry, Sale, uh, Graham, I say, um, perhaps on FanDuel at $7,600, you can make a better case there because he does, he does have a strikeout potential. We've seen Milwaukee have those big strikeout games before. So I certainly think he's in that, uh, in that mid-tier. He's certainly a better option, I think, over there if you're doing a, uh, a GPP lineup. But I think Kyle Gibson's another guy priced right around him, $500 cheaper on, on FanDuel and on Fantasy Draft for the same price. I think I give the edge to Kyle Gibson here, I, even though, I mean. It's close, man. And I, I, I think I give it the great. So I, I got to get the all go, the all systems go, or at least like the, uh, you could play him in tournaments from Roth. Like just like you could roll the dice. And by the way, I don't know if you've seen his it, splits this year gray as far as Ks. We haven't, we're not, there's not a ton of lefties in this lineup for whatever it's worth, but 31.4% Ks against lefties this year, a Woba of 250, and ISO 129. Lefties haven't done anything against, uh, against gray this year. And, you know, righties haven't been special either. 134 ISO. The was pretty good. 333 ISO for what it's worth. It's kind of everywhere splitsy this season. The K is a 22%, which is fine, not spectacular. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to have some gray. I will play some gray tonight, assuming Roth tells me I can at least do it in tournaments. Here's why I give Gibson the edge. Better ballpark, no weather delay, longer leash. This is a guy in gray that hasn't pitched. Has he even got out of the sixth inning this season? I don't think it looks like once all season. He got one out in the seventh. So this is a guy who usually goes only five or six innings. Gibson's got a bit longer leash. Um, I think the, the win and quality start is here for both of these guys. The weather and the ballpark are two concerns for me with Gray. I'm not overly concerned with the weather. I'll check it out when we get off the air here and listen to Roth because there could be a delay there, which will put him off the map completely. But 
I just feel a little safer with Gibson. Um, and again, I just, uh, the ballpark really scares me in Cincinnati there too. So uh, slight edge to Gibson. I will say the GPP though, you're throwing one dart and a, and a one entry GPP. Gray's got more upside. If you feel like the weather's going to be fine in terms of strikeouts. But, he's, got, um, he's got a bigger K percentage of the season. He's got a better K matchup, and he's in the National League as opposed to the American League. The one hiccup, again, for me, if I'm dividing between the two, is like, is there going to be weather issues? If there's weather issues, you know, if they're not playing baseball, what can you do? But in the chat, uh, they mentioned in Atlanta, I should wear what the freeze wears. Uh, you ever see the freeze, the guy who runs in the outfield and chases the guy down? No. So, like, there's a guy that gets, like, a, a head start. Uh, oh like, yes yeah on the warning track i've yeah. seen that before yeah i got you now should i try to be that guy how i mean i will that that would be amazing won't it just no chance I, I, I would say take your hoodie off and you'd have a better chance but what was funny the other day i saw it there, i don't know exactly what day it was the kid thought he had him and as he was like three or four strikes to the finish line he starts to celebrate mm-hmm. because he looks over left shoulder doesn't see him yet and then just he puts his arms up the guy goes Boof, goes right by him and beats him it was a close one because the kid could run but uh yeah, never celebrate too early, I guess, eh? The, uh, the London game, you know, when the Red Sox are playing the Yankees, they brought over some of the gimmicks, and one of the gimmicks they brought over was the freeze, and the freeze uh, lost to the local London person. Well, I don't know if it was a local person, whatever. Ooh, but he actually sense. lost, and they had, like, the Milwaukee sausage races, too. They're bringing a piece of uh, Americana there to, uh, to London. I mean, he had to lose at some point, but, I mean, what is the gap to start the distance? Like, I can see. What is it? It's a, I don't know what it is, but it's a pretty no, I, Yeah, I can see it, but I'm wondering how many meters or how many feet it is exactly. Because you look at it go, man, that's a pretty good-sized gap. I feel, like, I feel like I could beat him with that gap, but who that's knows? Just, America, we don't acknowledge meters. We don't know what you're, I don't know what a meter is. But yeah, I think, I think that a meter is three feet. <laughs> that's a yard. <laughs> Why do I think a meter is three feet? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Yeah. We're very somebody, somebody let us know what a meter is. I mean... We don't really acknowledge meters anyway. Why did we? Why do we even use meters? I don't want meters. Do you guys fences in Toronto? You have you have meters. Yeah, I don't think anybody uses it. Though. We only ever talk about feet. I don't think that meters doesn't really come first. You guys don't use meters at all. No, I mean we're aware of the existence of them. We know the rest of the world does it, but we're too stubborn. We're we're we're, we're dug in on our feet. Are um, you the only country that doesn't do meters? Basically, yeah, I think there's, so. There's a few quirks like that where you guys are the only ones that uh, don't do that. I guess it's the stubbornness. <laughs> Hey, well, I, it's America's birthday week, and you're calling us stubborn, Pepsi? No, you said stubborn, actually. I just followed your lead. I was setting you up, though. I wouldn't really say that, like, being be genuine about it. Um, I mean, Trump doesn't seem stubborn at all, at least. Oh, boy. We are going to move on. Well, um, it is roughly three feet, according to Grant, so I guess I had that one right. All right, yeah, give it Roughly. Um, Pepsi mid-tier, Archer, Fires, Vargas, Wainwright, yeah. Tough man. It's all ugly, right? John yeah. Means, all-star John Means. Yeah, John Andy Means, as Cheese likes to call him here. I mean, um, I mean, I don't hate Means, I guess, out of that group of tier. But again, for me, I'm going to pay up on Fantasy Draft for Sailor or Bueller. That's just what I'm going to do. And if I'm not doing that, I'm going to pay down to get some value down here. And um, I don't love the value, but, it, you know, it, it, it makes it all work for you. So I just, I just feel like the mid throwing up two mid tier arms just doesn't really do it for me. I don't know that I like anything. I do like Gray and Gibson. I think that's interesting, but it's actually cheaper to go sail on a value arm, and I may like that more. So I shouldn't say I'm not going to do that. I'm going to tinker around a little bit, play three, four, five lineups. Of course, I always say that, and then a few tournaments pop up, but I usually play way more. But I think a Gray and Gibson combo is certainly interesting too, just to kind of get off of the chalky sail or Bueller and value play. 
Yeah, um, and I might, I'm thinking Sale and Gray possibly, maybe lose one of my big sticks, but uh, we shall see. And I, I don't disagree with that path, that path either. And you mentioned some guys on the Chief, and there are some guys on the Chief, at least in theory, but we don't really know uh, how this is going to go down. How many, how many pitches is uh, Quantrill going to throw tonight for San Diego? Because he is drawing the start, and he feels basically like an opener. He was a starter earlier in the year, but most recently – on the 30th, he threw one inning, 14 pitches. On the 28th, he threw 33 pitches. On the 26th, 33 pitches. You know, you can go back uh, three weeks or so where he threw 93 pitches. And the other part is he's not very good. I guess they're kind of burying the lead. He's not particularly good. But the only reason why Quantrill is interesting is because he's cheap, he's starting, and he's throwing baseballs against the Giants, who despite yeah. the fact they've been hitting the ball well the last two days, they're not very good at hitting baseballs. Um, yeah, and then there's Pruitt for Tampa – who we expect to be the long man, but like the, one of their beat writers, Mark Tompkin was talking about, he didn't make it seem like he was fully confident he's going to be throwing baseballs, but like, I still think he's going to throw baseballs and he's what 4k or 8k, depending on where you're shopping uh, as an SB two. like take me through this garbage as far as the cheapies today. I know that it's garbage. You mentioned that Quantrill's not very good. And again, neither the San Francisco giants, they might be the worst offense in baseball. And that includes your Marlins Dean. Um, but Quantrill's fine. I think he's an average pitcher. Uh, I'm not too worried about the pitch count in terms of him only going two or three innings. I don't think we're going to see six or seven, obviously. But uh, as you mentioned three weeks ago, he, you know, the pitch count was solid. And I think this is a legit start. I don't think it's an opener situation here. At least we haven't heard that. I'm not assuming it is. So I'm going to have exposure to Quantrill because I think he can go four or five solid innings here. And uh, at 5,000, he allows you to get a lot of bats in that. We need those bats tonight, in my opinion to win these tournaments. And also Austin Pruitt, you mentioned, this is a talented young pitcher. Um, he's only 4K. Again, the inning limits are there. Again, maybe four or five innings we're getting. And Quantra might be a little safer just because Pruitt hasn't even been, we haven't really been told he's actually pitching, as you mentioned here. But uh, Pruitt's the better quality arm. He's got a great matchup. He's got strikeout potential here. Even if he goes four, he can strike at four or five and easily pay off that salary. Quantra, again, a little safer, but lower upside. Uh, I like both these guys. I'm going to have exposure to both of them. Like I said, it's going to be like, you know, basically Sale and Bueller for me, mostly Sale with Quantrill and Pruitt. And again, the only way I get off that, as we mentioned earlier, is that I may end up doing a couple of mid-tier arms just to be a little different because I believe whether you're going Sale and Quantrill or Sale and Pruitt, they're both going to be chalky options tonight. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the clear path to getting like the best arm and then basically all the bats you want. I pulled up the tweet for uh, Mark Topkin. He's the, uh, basically the top beat there, uh, beat writer for Tampa. And somebody asked him a question, who is slated to come in after Stanek tonight? This is five hours ago for what it's worth. So maybe the situation has changed. If you guys happen to find something on the Twitter machine, please feel free to share that in chat. But his answer was the Rays are planning tonight more as an old school bullpen day with no designated bulk inning guy. Pruitt would be available for length. That's just a weird answer, isn't it? Like, is, what yeah. kind of answer is I don't know for length, meaning I guess Pruitt's going to pitch to a certain degree, but again, they're not suggesting he's going to, so that's, that's kind of scary to me. That means that's why I'm kind of leaning a little quantra, just because we know we're probably going to get four innings out of him at least, maybe more. And I'm not certain of that, by the way. I'm not certain we get four innings on a quantra. I think he will, because I think he's going to go at least 60, at least 60 innings, or 60 innings, 60. at least 60 pitches. So yeah. I, I think we get four, maybe five on a quantra. I don't think we're going to get that necessarily to Pruitt. It's risky both ways, which is why I'm starting to think that maybe the better play is – you know, again, I don't love Chris Sale's matchup or Bueller's matchup. Maybe the better play is to come down to that mid-tier and grab a couple arms and play around there a little bit more so. So, But the problem is, not to cut you off or anything, but the problem is the mid-tier stinks too. 
Yeah, it stinks. At least you know you've got some quality arms that are, are you know, have the leash. If Grace, well, see, from with Grace, nine hundred dollars on DK, but and Gibson's priced up a little bit there too. So more so in fantasy draft and fan the midterms are available. But uh, you're right in terms of you know DraftKings mid tier like the Mike Lee, Chris Archer, Mike Fires situation. Yeah, that's that's kind of awful as well. So I will likely end up with the original strategy there, just guessing, hoping Quantra or Pruitt uh, comes through with four quality innings. So apparently Roth has updated his article. Somebody in the chat just said Ross feels more optimistic for Cincinnati. He does update his article. And then of course he gives you more update of the, uh, of, he gives you a better update of the update uh, on crunch time. He, is, he does it in real time, tells you what's going down weather wise. And I'm trying to find his weather article that I imagine just uh, cracked. He usually updates, updates it around this time, like 4.15, 4.30 or so as far as central time. So uh, I'll go ahead and drop that link in chat for you guys and take a quick peek and see uh yellow in cincinnati for what it's worth so yeah i'm getting excited about the prospect of playing a gray and you mentioned as far as fantasy draft he is a uh, what a nine two on dk but on fantasy draft he's uh even more appealing at 17 7 so uh come around looking at his looking at his numbers as overall batter versus pitcher number versus milwaukee's handled him pretty well on some of the bigger bats like moustakis four for 22 for example the k's are there i'm, I'm starting to come around on gray a little bit you know what that lineup you know, I didn't expect to see that lineup so depleted, you know. And again, like you said, just losing Yelich alone uh, makes it look good. You got Thames who strikes a lot in the four spot there. Let's uh, start to come around on Gray. I might actually like Gray over Gibson at this point. And, uh, and Grandall, too. Uh, you know, it's a big downgrade. Yeah. To yeah. um, we, we skipped over. We didn't talk about uh, Darvis versus Archer. Nine and a half total in Pittsburgh. Positive ballpark to pitch in. Two guys that have seen better years, let's be honest. Because <laughs> these are not necessarily great seasons for these dudes. Uh, no Chris Bryant in the lineup today for, for Chicago, for what it's worth. Uh, they do have both catchers for Chicago because Archer, uh, throughout his career, more uh, vulnerable to lefties. So Caratini and Contreras are both in there, as well as uh, David Bote. I'm not really sure who. Uh, it's a weird-looking lineup for Chicago. Do we have a thought on those pitchers, or do you just want to summarize the, the slate as far as pitchers and talk about hitters? I mean, neither one of these teams have a good matchup here. Archer and Darvish, they both have striker potential. They both have the ability to walk – you know, six or seven guys too, which is frustrating and not go deep in the games. Neither Pittsburgh or Chicago strike out a lot. They're both patient. Chicago especially has a lot of power. I mean, it's interesting. You could load them both up, I guess, in that mid-tier and just be a little different and, and hope they both pitch well. But I'm not really targeting either one of them. It's one of those situations where I wouldn't talk you off these guys in a TPP to be different, but I'm not looking to roster either one of them. Again, in terms of, you know, breaking on the pitching slate, it's easily Chris Hill at the top. Bueller would be number two for me. And to make it work, you want to go down to Quantro or Pruitt. At least that's what I'm going to do today. And the mid-tier, it's, uh, you know, where they're mid-tier available, more so on Fantasy Draft and FanDuel, Sonny Gray and Kyle Gibson. A little overpriced on DK here. But I'm going to give the edge to Gray now that I've dug in a little bit. We've seen that Milwaukee lineup. We see the striker potential here. You know, in terms of strikeouts, and the weather's now better in Cincinnati, you know, Gibson's safer with the ballpark, for sure, and going longer in the game probably. Probably go six or seven, maybe. Whereas, you know, you could see Gray go five and two-thirds. But – I guess in a GPP, if he's striking guys out, he's pitching well. He's likely going into the six. So give me Gray over Gibson in a GPP. I'll reverse that for cash. What is an acceptable number of points uh, for Quantrill or for Pruitt? You, you're looking for like 10 points, right? Yeah, I think that works because the whole idea is get me some points. Let Sale put up, you know, his regular number here. And then the bats do the work for you. That, that's why you're doing that, whether it's cash or GPPs. That's the whole idea. You're just hoping that they don't completely kill you. That's all. It's just give me a few points. I'll work it from there. Let the bats do the uh, let, let the bats win the tournament for you. 
All right, catchers, uh, another spot where big team might be conflicted. His boy, Jason Vargas, facing his boy, uh, Gary Sanchez. Two of his boys, uh, DJ LeMayu and Sanchez, picking on Vargas today. Uh, Ramuto is fairly cheap against, you know, Bryce Wilson in a positive ballpark today, it looks like. You know, it's going to be hot in Atlanta. Uh, if you want to step all the way down as far as some cheap, he's got Travis Darno leading off against, you know, John Means. He's fairly cheap. Even Zanino's even cheaper. Uh, heads up, I just saw this uh, in chat. D-Train not officially uh, reflected in our Archie lineups page but apparently uh the outlaw kevin kiermeyer he was uh uh he's he was scratched he's not going to play it looks like meadows is going to step in for him uh probably meadows is seven dollars on yahoo still minimum just kind of throwing it out there if you need a flat out punt uh lefty and lefty there was means uh what are you doing as far as catcher i will say that i love gary sanchez as well i mean gary sanchez is a guy drafted almost every season long i really like sanchez i want to go a little off topic here dean in terms of dfs it's always been for me, anybody but the Yankees in the American League and anybody but the Dodgers in the National League. I guess it's because they spend all the money all the time. And, of course, I'm a Jays fan. AL East can't like the Yankees. But I don't hate the Yankees this year. LeMahieu is a likable guy. Sanchez, Judge, Encarnacion's there. It's almost like I don't hate the Yankees, and I'm wondering, what happened? Is that, is that just me? What's your thoughts on that? I'm really curious what the chat thinks, because I know the Yankees, unless you're in New York, they're not a popular team, but I feel like I don't hate them as much as I used to, and Maybe I don't even hate them at all. Yeah, I don't. I mean, as I've gotten older, I just don't like hate like teams, just to hate teams as much. Also, I mean, that's part of it as well, too. But I don't like hate the Yankees, and I agree. Uh, they all seem like likable guys on this New York team. Uh, I, I will sooner root for the Yankees than, like, the Cubs and Addison Russell. I'll say that. Uh, yeah, I, I think I might cheer for the Yankees over Boston at this point because Boston's been there, done that, and that's just never been a thing for me. So, strangely enough. But, yeah, Sanchez is probably my number one guy in GPPs. I mean, Chirinos – you know, I, I think he's probably going to be more popular for the $200 you're going to spend to get him. But uh, Sanchez has the multi-homer upside, and I think that uh, the upside is higher than, than Chirinos there. Outside of those two guys, you know, I mean, Chris Iannetta is probably like your mid-tier guy. You can't get to those guys, but you want to spend up a little bit. I think Iannetta makes for a solid play there. But other than that, I mean, Zanuno, even though he's hitting seventh, Darno, uh, not great matchup versus Means because he's kind of a reverse blitzy, and, and he's not a pitcher I want to pick on. But uh, – those guys are cheap, along with John Hicks. Assuming Hicks makes the lineup as well. You're looking to basically save money. All three of those guys have home run upside. So I would say Sancho's, Chirinos, top two for sure. Ionet is in that mid-tier. And then I'm just looking at, to save some money there with guys like uh, Zanino or Darno. Also, by the way, uh, the Yankees, a lot of these guys are homegrown. I think we appreciate that as well. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I agree with that. And I mean, homegrown players outside of like Stanford. Yeah. Virgil coming around. Luke Voigt finally jumping on a team. I'd like to see Hicks stay healthy. You know, Torres seems nice. I mean, yeah, I'm okay with that. You know, there's a few guys I still don't like, and I hate the idea of the Yankees winning, but I just I just don't like – I shouldn't say hate because hate's a strong word. I'm kind of with you. As I get older, I don't really hate anybody, but I yeah. dislike some teams. I dislike some approaches, and the Yankees and Dodgers have always kind of had the approach of, you know, kind of buying everything they can buy and, and, and going about it. But, um, yeah, I just I think it's fun to have something different. The Yankees haven't been here for a while. They've been dominated for a while. It's – it's kind of nice to see some of these guys back. Even Stanton's a guy that I like, too. I know he's on the IL there, but he's a likable guy, too, right? So, yeah. hopefully the Twins so win. Matthew was awesome the other day on a broadcast. I thoroughly enjoyed him. He seems like a fun dude. Uh, yeah, we say all this, and, like, Mike Trout's going to get traded to the Yankees, and we're going to hate him, like, tomorrow, right? Oh, oh. Uh, by the way, uh, news in the chat, according to our uh, – look at this. Look at this. Our, our multitasking producer, again, D-Train's all over the news. Uh, Jaime Berea apparently is going to draw the start today for the Angels close oh. to Canning. For what it's worth so uh okay we didn't really talk much about canning i mean good pitcher bad environment tough matchup it was one of those things that was just kind of neutral to me that actually means that 
we have to like the Texas bats a little more now. Yes. Uh, Jaime Berea, I want to say he's a lefty off the top of my head. Is he a lefty? Uh, Berea's a righty. Okay. Well, he was one or the other. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, he's been very reverse splitsy this year, I do believe. Is that what it is? Okay. Yeah. So we, we even though he's a righty, we've wanted to attack him with righties as well. And of course, Texas is more left-handed. Still, the split's in the favor. But I was trying to avoid that game a little bit. I know it was going to be popular. I felt with Canning there, I'd have to worry too much about Texas, like a concentrate on Coors. But that, uh, yeah, I'm a little disappointed to hear that because that makes me want to get some exposure to Texas, which means I'll be spending more money and playing more uh, lineups after we get off here. Yeah, man, more lineups, more money. That's how, that's how it works, Pepsi. Uh, it's, tough, it's tough to win, though, when you're spending no. $200 a night. you got to stick to that $100 to $200 range. Easy to get your money back or win some money. I started spending 300 bucks, man. It's tough to get it back. I'm told, the, like, if you have 150 lineups, you have every possible combination, so you can't lose. Well, I mean, that's your strategy, 10% of everything. That's not the way I roll. <laughs> that's not my strategy. Uh, first base, Pepsi. We're behind on time. We don't have a lineup just yet for Houston. Of course, Houston and Coors. Uh, oh, we do have a lineup. Yeah, Tyler White did crack it. I yeah, just it's a bit first, but he's batting eighth. Uh, he's not been particularly good, but Peter Lambert's been terrible. Obviously, Houston's got a team total close to eight, which is a monster number. Uh, you know, worst spot, obviously, batting in the eight hole right in front of the pitcher, but White is fairly cheap. Uh, I don't know if you need to save that salary, but for sure he's in play. Uh, Reynolds did not crack the lineup. I thought maybe today was the day Reynolds might play. He's not playing for Colorado. Gurriel has the fifth spot there for Houston. Uh, Goldie is still super cheap. I like Hoskins a good bit uh, in Atlanta. Uh, Abreu, I, I assume he's going to play in the second half of the doubleheader. Uh, where are you at as far as first? I don't know if there's a clear-cut guy. It's one of the last positions I'm filling. Uh, is yeah. That as well? That's kind of my, my take, too. I mean, I, I, yeah, and DK Goldschmidt's too cheap. I, I like that for him as a, as a contrarian player. But I think you want to go to the Houston bats. And Tyler White's just so cheap. That I think that's where you plug him in. If you want to go to sale and maybe another quality arm, you're going to go cheap at catcher. We can go Tyler White at first base and be cheap. You can also go to Gurriel if you want to spend some money. I don't love Gurriel, but he's hitting the middle of that lineup in that ballpark. He's a great play today. And there's a lot of contrarian plays here. You can go to Votto and Cash versus Shasinu Struggles versus Lefties. I like Abreu's upside. Goldschmidt's too cheap. Hoskins, Freeman, these guys are not going to be heavily owned. They all have pretty good matchups. But for me, I think it's Tyler White if you're saving the money. And if I can get to Gurriel, I probably will. I'm, I'm just in love with Coors today. I think it uh, I think it goes off. It doesn't disappoint. You need to get exposure there, I think. And maybe Justin Bohr gives uh, White a run for his money in FanDuel. Yeah, he's a little too pricey on fans. I mean, like, of course, you could play him in tournaments, obviously, against Serato. Uh, but on FanDuel, he's priced down, just like Thames. Thames is a little more appealing on FanDuel as opposed to uh, DK and fantasy draft. But, again, uh, Gray's been really good against lefties uh, this year for what it's worth. Thames, uh, historically, has is, is just annihilated Cincinnati. Like, that's the one team he's picked on the most. I think yeah. especially that ballpark, too, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe it was Milwaukee. I think he, I, would, I would say he's got more homers against his team than anybody else, and that's something that does something for you. Uh, Rizzo, you can find, you know, a fairly low owned, and I don't mind Rizzo versus Archer in that ballpark better for uh, better suited for homers for lefties as opposed to righties. Pretty clear, uh, you know, as far as games in Pittsburgh. Uh, anybody else that's worth a head nod? Santana versus Duffman. Uh, Duda's cheap versus Clevenger, but you know these are guys all on the outskirts of your MME. Let's jump to second base, Keystone position. They they priced up Altuve to some degree, but not enough. Pepsi. This is a this is ridiculous, right? Like if you're playing catch games, you got to play Altuve, right? Yeah, he's, he's your lock and low play at second base there. Uh, if I'm playing three or four lineups, I'm not sure I get off of him because I'm not sure exactly where else I want to go. I think Gleber Torres is interesting just because, again, I just don't like all the righties versus Vargas, but that hasn't paid off for me all year long. So probably won't roll the dice. Of course, you can go to LeMahieu as well, but he's expensive because he's been so good. Um, you know, there's also options like Cano Redmond if you're looking to save a bit of money. But 
for me, this is a position. If we can save with White at first, we can save with a second uh, pitcher, we can save with our catcher. You just pay up for all two, but I think by far he's your best option second today. Yeah, if for whatever reason I'm trying to be different in tournaments or I'm just trying to save some salary or if I want to make that lineup where I'm saying, hey, let's just double down on the elite arms, I don't hate Cano as like a, a punt at second base. He's super cheap yeah. there. Yeah, end game, whatever you want to call it. Uh, um, he's just so, so cheap. He's, what, 2.7K on DK. Uh, on, on fantasy draft, we're looking at a price of, what, 5.5K. Again, you don't have to necessarily, uh, you know, first base, second base, third base. On fantasy draft, just infielders, outfielders, and utility spots. Um, anybody else that's worth kind of sort of head nod or, or shall we move on? I don't know if you mentioned the scooter. I don't mind either scooter or Dietrich against Chassin. They're both perfectly fine. But, you know, I think it's pretty clear uh, as far as value dollar for dollar, all the way up for Altuve or all the way down for a guy like uh, Cano uh, Muncy. You know, the Dodgers are going to be kind of sort of lost in the slate. Yeah, the Dodgers lefties are interesting. And I agree. Dietrich or uh, Gannett on FanDuel are both very reasonably priced, too, if you're getting off of Altuve there. Um, yeah, but the Dodgers lefties are another situation that's going to get overlooked a little bit and Muncie is certainly a, a guy you want to get in that lineup if you're playing Dodgers okay so this uh I was listening to the uh the, the premium podcast earlier today and that's you know it was Andy and it was it was Nate and it was cheese is good cheese will be on later on for crunch time just a heads up to the premium members along with Roth you know it's going down weather wise so uh this is not an issue on fantasy draft but like on DK you can only roster two of these three Pepsi you can only roster two of the three of Trevor Story who's ridiculously just too cheap uh, Alex Bregman and Nolan Arenado. You can only <laughs> roster two of those three. Oh. How do you handle that? Man, story's one. It, it obviously, price is a thing here, but story's still one. Yeah. It's tough. It's so tough to fade Arenado versus Miley, but I think I'm going to give the slight edge to Bregman, who's on the road and, and facing a uh, you know a very hittable pitcher and uh, a weaker bullpen. So I'm, I'm going to go to story, Bregman, Arenado. That's, That's where I'm at too. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to have shares of both. If I need that extra hundred dollars, absolutely happy to play yeah. Arenado. But ideally, I prefer Bregman. Bigger team total, locked in for those nine innings. Uh, Wade Miley is a better pitcher than Peter Lambert. Like that's you know all those sort of factors. Uh, yeah. and, and of course, Bregman plays his games in Houston. We know that the Crawford boxes are lurking, but you know his uh, numbers uh, for the season are not. You know his numbers would be much different if he played half his games in Colorado. Obviously, even, even better. Uh, give me the pivots at third base away from Bregman, away from Arenado. We mentioned Gurriel. If you're not playing him at first, playing him at third. But, uh, again, Gurriel kind of takes a backseat to both those guys, Bregman and Arenado and Coors. Jose Ramirez is still cheap in KC for what it's worth. Um, you know, anybody else out there? We talked about LeMayu. He's another guy you could throw at third base. You know, Suarez has been hot. But, you know, Moustakis, I traditionally like him when he has a split. But, again, we talked about Gray being pretty good uh, against lefties this year. Devers, you know, we, we, we haven't, you know, I haven't been dodging this name, Pepsi. I actually went before the show and I tried to figure out how to say this dude's name from, from Toronto, Jacob uh, Waguspak, I believe is how we pronounce that, draw the start. Yeah, uh, yeah Devers is that guy, Dean. I absolutely love Devers. I'm an expert survey. I talked a little bit about Devers. This guy in his last 34 at-bats has uh, 21 hits, 10 extra base hits. I mean, that's just been crazy numbers. He's been insanely hot. Devers is the guy. If you're not going Bragman or Arenado, Devers is a guy for me. Waggis Pack is a journeyman reliever slash starter, minor league guy. Uh, I, I mean, I, I don't know what's happening here. This is a spot start where they're going to see what this kid can do or what. But he's certainly hittable. The bullpen's hittable. It's a great ballpark. Boston getting overlooked big time here tonight, I think. And uh, Devers is one of my favorite guys. I mean, just since they moved him to that two-stick, he has been unbelievable. He's the hottest hitter in baseball right now. Hotter than DJ LeMayhew? Hotter than Who? DJ LeMayhew? I don't know. He's I mean, I have to dig into the numbers, but he's sitting 525 in his last 34 at-bats. What is that, like eight games? 
That's pretty good. Yeah. Nine games, maybe. I mean, at 1.4 OPS, I mean, that's tough to beat. And half the hits are extra bases. I, I, I consider the idea of playing Wagas Pack just like as a pivot to get away from like Pruitt if Pruitt doesn't pitch. And like, you know, any pitcher in theory can go out there and put up like 12. Yeah. Points. Yeah. That's interesting. I don't know if I'm going to get there, but it's something I considered. It's just sort of like a thought process thing for tournaments, obviously. Definitely don't play him for cash games. Uh, jump the shortstop, Pepsi. Uh, you know, we, we talked about, you know, the availability of shortstop as far as Bregman and as far as Story. And Story, you know, he's 4.5K uh, on DK, which that price is just ridiculous at home versus a lefty. Uh, and he's 8.9K on fantasy draft. Likewise, ridiculous. If you're playing cash games, it's a really, really strong play. Uh, give me the pivots away from Story. Yeah, I don't know about a good off Story. My question, I think, would be how many lineups do I got to do to get off Story at shortstop? Um I'd probably have to do at least six before I get off. And I probably would go to Bregman and just have a Bregman R and auto combination, something like that thing. So it's story first, it's Bregman two. There's a couple bats I will say are interesting. Again, Bogarts and the Boston Red Sox are going to get overlooked tonight a little bit. I really like them. And Angliber Torres, again, these right-handed bats for the Yankees. I mean, if you're stacking either Boston or Yankees, you want to get some Bogarts or Torres. I will say this. If you're looking for the shortstop that's low on that has big potential, that can't be Bregman or Story. Lindor. I, I would say it's Bogarts. Oh, I thought it was Lindor. No, incorrect. I'm sorry, but good guess. He's not the Jack in the Bag play of the day. It's not Francisco Lindor. Well, we can't put the Jack in the Bag already, but uh, Bogarts is that guy that I think has the big game outside of Bregman and Story. Oh, all right, fair enough. I, I think Lindor's in the conversation. He's actually kind of sort of priced on as well, and I love him. You know, on the road, locked in for those most likely, uh, you know, five ABs and things are going fairly well there for Cleveland. Uh, the St. Louis lineup came out for what it's worth. We got Munoz, Jose Martinez, once again, back in second to Young. Goldie, who's still really cheap. Uh, the, the St. Louis team is cheap all around, especially on Yahoo. They're insanely cheap. If you want to stack them up on Yahoo, I suppose. And obviously, on DK and Fans Draft, they're pretty cheap as well, too. Um, Jose Martinez banging out a couple homers last night. And I assume he's DHing once, you know, once again, which would protect him from the – well, more than likely protect him from getting the hook as far as a pinch hit. doesn't have to put a field. Uh, I'm guessing how that's going to go down against Mike Leak, who's a you know, pitcher, obviously, we're not afraid of. Uh, anything else you want to mention as far as shortstop or you want to jump to the outfield, which, you know, once again, loaded as always? Yeah, I think we can go to the outfield. I mean, yeah, I mean, the last time we were on the air, we had a, we had a weird slate where it wasn't uh, all that sexy, but it's sexy today, that's for sure. I mean, all the Houston bats are in play, obviously, that's the top team to target. Again, Boston's entire outfield is in play, along with Bogarts uh, against the Jays here. The Angels are interesting, too. We don't really talk about the Angels' position players, but, of course, Otani, Trout, and uh, Upton are certainly in play versus Raro. The Dodger lefties, Peterson, Bellinger, we talked about, about Muncie. That's another team, even more so outside of Boston. Uh, the Dodger lefties certainly going to get overlooked tonight, I think, too, with Coors and Texas in a lot of action. And Four guys that I like outside of the stacks. So obviously, Houston, L.A., Boston. You're kind of stacking all the outfields together. But four bats I like kind of individualized. Aaron Judge, Bryce Harper. Kyle Schwarber, and Nick Castellanos. Yeah, I like those guys, too. You mentioned the Dodgers lefties, and I just want to note that Peterson, he's just so annoying when, when a lefty comes in, especially in, like, a pressure situation where, like, the game's in the line or whatever. Like, he was pinch hit last night for the flavor. Garlic came in for him. Um, I just – I can't pay full price for a guy that's going to get pinch hit for for garlic. Can't but do it. In a Dodgers stack, you have to, because if they go off, he could double dong. Yeah, sure, whatever, if you're stacking them up. I'm just saying, like, it's like if you're making, like, hash game – yeah, it certainly you can play all all five, you know, all nine innings and get five at bats or something like that. But it's just, 
I, I'm just not playing Peterson unless I'm stacking FLA. Just want to make that note. Fair uh, Martinez still pl- plenty cheap there. Uh, again, another, another power bat uh, against Mike Leake, a guy we're not afraid of necessarily. Um, see if there's anybody else on my board. You basically hit all the guys that I was, you know, the Boston guys, just insane. You know, bets at 4.4K uh, on, on DK is it's a ridiculous and, and possibly. I don't, yeah, and he's 8-1 on fantasy draft, which is just silly, man. Uh, love bets versus Waggis Pack, and that Toronto bullpen that's not particularly good, locked in for those nine innings. Uh, I think, I mean, he might be my cash game outfielder or one of my cash game outfielders. Would not be surprised if that happens. And JD is also too cheap, 8-2 on fantasy draft. Uh, what shall we show here today as far as, the, you know, of course, questions are going to start loading up. Got about 11 minutes before we step aside and get out of here. Going to do uh, the premium peak here, Pepsi. We have the, uh, I have the expert survey here if you want to show yeah, the expert peak. survey seems like the, uh, the best way to get a quick breakdown of the entire slate in five minutes. All right. So yourself and Meansy and Stevie uh, did get the expert survey today, your favorite hitter in cash. Uh, you guys like Story and Altuve, you know, no surprise there. Uh, for tournaments, uh, sell me on Judge one more time. That ballpark, of course, stinks, but you're saying the regression monsters coming for Jason Vargas? Yeah, I mean, I love the righty stuff versus Vargas. Judge has the multi-homer upside. He's a guy that I don't think is going to be highly owned at all. I think you're going to see Texas, Coors Field, Boston, maybe even the Dodgers, all ahead of the Yankees today. So Judge is just a guy that can fly into the radar and have that monster game. Uh, favorite pitcher for cash, no surprise here. It's Chris Sale. Uh, yeah, and by the way, means he says uh, Joey Gallo for tournaments. Like, nobody's going to roster Joey Gallo. Just well, like, it's not now it's Berea, too, instead of Canning. Yeah, which again, we talked about him. We, we think he's reversible. Let's see. I did not confirm that, but off the dome, I think you were, like you said it as well, pretty stretch of thing, but I don't care. Uh, he could hit, you know, homers off anybody. doesn't matter. Uh, and that means he's talking about Bueller as a pivot, favorite cash game. So yeah, you like Pruitt and uh, means he likes Quantrill and we don't really know what we're going to get out of either of these guys, but uh, the idea is that you package, uh, you know, Sale and Quantrill together or Sale and Pruitt together and you get the best pitcher on the slate and you get some of the best bats in the slate because, um, it's not that hard to make that work because the salaries are just too cheap. It's just too loose. Uh, for tournaments, you like Pruitt. They both like Archer for what it's worth. You talk about Tyler White as a salary saver. Uh, Devers there for Boston. Uh, you know, that Boston stack certainly interesting. Mike Trout, like we didn't mention Mike Trout's name. We kind of did just pretending he was going to trade to the Yankees. That's probably not happening. <laughs> Um, anything else of note here that should sort of scroll down? This kind of leads into like the, the stacks and homers and things of that sort. So Pepsi, fire away. Tell me, tell me your favorite uh, stacks of the day. Give me a contrarian one too. Don't give me all the chalk. I don't want chalk. Give me somebody off the board. Well, and then uh, give me three and a homer. Try to be ambitious. Got, I got to give you some stacks. I mean, Coors Field's obvious. Houston one, Colorado two. Again, I like Boston maybe a lot more than most do. I don't know how popular they're going to be. I don't think the Yankees are all that contrarian either. I think the Yankee right-handed bats are interesting. I'll say this. You want something sneaky? How about the White Sox? Ross Detweiler is back up with the uh, – or not Ross Detweiler. That's the opposite of that. Tyler Alexander, sorry, is pitching against the White Sox. A uh, kid from uh, – a young lefty kid. He's got some striker potential. I don't hate the idea of using him. We didn't really talk about him. White Sox has some striker potential. But if you get a Brayu and Moncado and a few righties in that lineup, I think the White Sox could be interesting. They're cheap. They've got a home run upside, and I don't think anybody's going to be on them. So that's an interesting way to go if you're looking for a sneaky stack. I want to see what happened in that first game. If there's any sort of anything interesting, seven to five, the White Sox beat the Tigers. I haven't checked the bullpen stuff, but curious to see if anything interesting in that game. It's worth noting going forward. Uh, I'm, I'm seeing the question. Oh, give me uh, give me three dudes that are going to homer there, Pepsi. Yeah, and the uh, high tier, Bregman, mid tier, Trevor Story, and for value, Tyler White on DK slash fantasy draft, and Justin Bohr for value and FanDuel. I wanted to, oh, Jack in a bag? Who's going to bang one out and swipe one? 
I struggled to find anybody, so I went with Trevor Story. He's a little bit of a cop out just because he's going to hit a home run too, but uh, he's already got the home run in the mid-tier. Might as well throw on a stolen base. Somebody asked this in chat, and I didn't want to just make the assumption, but they asked who the highest owned pitcher is in the slate. Who would you guess is the highest owned pitcher according to our projections? I'll say it's sales still because we have a lot of value options in uh, in Pruitt and in Quantrill. And again, Alexander, we didn't talk much about it. So I'll still say it's sale. Yep, we have sale currently at a projected ownership around 39% or so. Then Bueller, then Pruitt, which is amazing, but that's, you know, that's how DFS works. It's pretty funny. Point for a dollar. Sunny Gray at 7%, man. If that's 7%, I'd love me some Sunny Gray in tournaments. All right, uh, Pepsi, you ready to turn it over to the chat and knock out some questions for the people? Yes, sir. All right. Uh, out of St. Louis, Seattle, and Arizona and the Dodgers, I assume what's going down here, they're asking about the late slate, the two-game late slate. Uh, yes. So uh, which bats interest you and would you full stack? So basically, if you're playing the late slate of those two games, they're two of the least appealing games, obviously. Dodgers, uh, D-backs, St. Louis, Seattle. What bats do you like? I would say give me the value from the Cardinals and the, and the lefties from the Dodgers, that combination. How do you land on your favorite stack for the night? That's a great question because like this one's, but take me through your thought process as to why you like the Astros tonight. Well, once you get into Coors Field, it's, it's about breaking down weather. It's about breaking down pitchers and all that has to come to fruition here. And Houston Astros are one of the best offenses in baseball. They're getting healthier. They're on the road in the best hitting environment. It's 90 plus degrees there. They're facing a very hittable pitcher and a weak bullpen. All of those things lead me to Houston. You can say the same thing for Colorado, although you know, they're not on the road. They might lose in a bat. Wade Miley's also not the worst pitcher in baseball. And the same thing for Boston, perhaps. Again, on the road, weak pitcher, weak bullpen. Uh, we love on the road. We get the extra bat. We love good hitting environments, which we have in Toronto and Colorado, and we love when it's hot. Do you have any interest in Tyler Alexander? He's one of those cheapies we didn't talk about. Again, yeah, he's got some strikeout potential. You know, he's got strikeout outside because he's short in the minors. Um, the White Sox team will strike out, but I'm going to play both sides of that. I may end up on some Alexander just because Pruitt seems like a huge question mark at this point. So maybe I go to Quancho Alexander instead of Quancho and Pruitt. And again, as a sneaky stack, I took the White Sox too, just because I think they could knock the kid around. And that Detroit bullpen isn't very good. It's the second half of a doubleheader. You know, you never know what's going to happen there. So uh, I'm playing both sides of it. But yeah, I don't hate the idea of starting him, especially if a Moncada or an Abreu doesn't get in the lineup. And they both started game one here. So one of those big bats is missing and Pruitt's not confirmed. I think Alexander's the guy that I jumped to. So apparently, according to the chat, apparently Derek Cardi's the bat, uh, according to his op- – uh, apparently his optimal is basically saying that Archer is, is SP2. Uh, what's your take on Archer? I think I'd rather play Gray than Archer, personally. They're, they have a similar price. but uh, Yeah, definitely Gray over Archer, in my opinion. I mean, you know, I mean, Bryant's out of that lineup, which helps a little bit, but the Cubs are still powerful and patient. And um, – it's a better matchup for him. We see three righties in the middle of that lineup there. As you mentioned, Contreras, Caratini, Bowie. Actually, Caratini is uh, as a switch hitter. But you've got a lot of righties, which Archer dominates. You're missing Bryant. You know, I like it more so than I did earlier. But after seeing the Brewers lineup, I like Gray even better. Uh, you might want to give a refresh, by the way. What I'm seeing in the bat is Gray is ahead of Archer. I guess, well, it's a difference in price, too. So there is a, a, a depending on where you're shopping, there, there's a meaningful difference, I suppose. Maybe uh, it's like a 2v2 or something like that. But uh, he does have gray ahead of Archer for what it's worth as far as the straight projection. Uh, let's see. Is there a more beloved player in the NBA than Boban? I don't think so. Uh, you don't know who Boban is, do you? I have no idea who Boban is. He's a lot of fun. You'll like it. He's apparently in Dallas. Congratulations to him uh, and his family. Uh, all right. Uh, let's see. I got a good fun. one here, Dean. I know you're looking for that. But one somebody asked here, Sale and Bueller. 
for the St. Louis stack. I mean, that's interesting because yeah. he's talking specifically on fantasy. Does St. Louis is cheap. Leak's very hittable. You're getting the two best pitchers by far. No question marks like we have with Alexander, Quantrill, Pruitt, et cetera. I like the idea of that. It scares me not having some Coors Field. And uh, I'm okay with that if you're doing five or six entries or if you're just trying to be contrarian. But remember, I don't love Sale or Bueller because of their matchup. So I don't think both guys are must plays today. And I'm not sure St. Louis does what Boston and Coors can. So I'd say if you're doing one to be contrarian, I like it. You're doing five or six lineups, you throw it in there, great. But overall, it wouldn't be my top option. But isn't it is an interesting way to go? Rank these three: Pepsi, Archer, Gibson, and Darvish. Oh boy, Gibson, man, Archer, Darvish. Yeah, I guess I guess Gray's just too much to not having that conversation at that tier or so. But I try to get the Gray out of that out of all three of those guys. Uh, let's see, working our way down. Yeah, they're asking about the the, the pitcher there for, for Toronto, uh, you know, Waggis Pack. And, again, nothing about him is special, and he's facing a tough lineup and not a great ballpark to throw baseballs. But, you know, goofiness happens, and he can eke his way to 10. And, like, say he ekes his way to 10 points, uh, and Pruitt either doesn't pitch or, like, doesn't pitch well. Like, he's not a great pitcher is <laughs> the part. He's just throwing baseballs. Uh, so, uh, you know, we think he's going to throw baseballs against, you know, a bad team and a good ballpark, and he's cheap. Uh, any interest? How many lineups do you have to make uh, until you say, "All right, screw it. I'm going I'm to pump a Waggis pack and have a good time." Yeah, it's certainly for Alexander Quantra over him. But if money's the thing, if you built an amazing lineup you love and you got 4K there, um, I think I got to be seven, eight lineups in before I get there. At least if you're gonna, if you're doing like say three Alexander, three Quantra, and now you want more money, then I'd have to be something like that. Yeah, so lineup seven, eight, nine, ten, sort of thing before I get there. But I, I don't like it all. I really like the Boston side of it. But again. It's a kid that's got the potential to anytime you get an unknown quantity in there, you know, he's capable of throwing that quality start and kind of keeping them off balance for two or three innings. What about the Wainwright against a pretty bad Seattle lineup? You know, I haven't really thought about Wainwright. I feel like he's a little bit overpriced. The strikeout rate is not really there this season either. And um, yeah, he's just, he's just not on my radar here. You can see him, what, five lefties from Seattle too, possibly. We don't have the lineup out just yet. At least we didn't before we started. So you know, do I hate it because the mid-tier is so bad? I wouldn't say don't do it. I just, it's just not on my radar. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he gets pummeled, which is like, I mean, that's I, that's about the nicest thing I could say about him, right? He used to be really good. And yeah, I mean, Lee could be okay on the other side. <laughs> I, I feel about the same way about both those guys, basically. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to step aside in a second to, you know, make way for crunch time. You got cheese is good. You got Roth. We'll give you the, the weather updates as far as what's going down. Uh, see if we get another question or two before you step aside and get out of here. Grant's asking if you've ever seen John Wick 3. I actually saw John Wick 3 and uh, Bobon, spoiler alert, he's in it, not in it for long. Uh, are you aware of John Wick? He's very vengeful. I'm aware, but I've not seen the movie. All right. Um, is Pruitt a lock to pitch tonight? I wouldn't say he's a lock, but I think he pitches. But I would. Yeah. If I just say yes or no, I would say yes. But is he a lock? No. But, he, you know, that's why. If I end up with my six lineups on fantasy draft and DK here, I, I may end up doing two Alexander, two Quantra, two Pruitt, just to kind of be safe. Uh, even though I like the idea that savings of Pruitt is the best pitcher, maybe the fact that he may not pitch really scares me. So, um, yeah, I certainly wouldn't say it's a lock, but I would say yes if I had to answer. 
Uh, thoughts on Domingo Herman coming back from the IL? We don't three, we don't think he's going to throw his regular allotment of pitches. He's priced for a guy that's going to throw his regular allotment of pitches, so like it doesn't make sense to play him. Uh, he's playable to some degree on Fanduel, otherwise right. nowhere, right? I think only in Fanduel to be a little contrarian, save some money, be a little contrarian to get off of guys like Gray and Gibson, and hope they don't pitch well. Um, other than that, yeah, he's overpriced. All right, uh, stepping aside, getting out of here, Pepsi. Uh, last question: Can we ask Dean to ask YouTube to smash the like button? Sure. Smash the like button, YouTube. Uh, feel free to like. Smash it. Well, don't. I mean, you don't want to beat up your laptop too much, but yeah, feel free to smash uh, the old like button, subscribe. Pepsi, give me something strong. Give me something good for the road before you step aside and leave. Uh, Coors doesn't disappoint, kids. You want to get some exposure there. So I think that if you can't get to sale and Coors, you get off a of sale. I don't love the matchup for him or Bueller anyway. It's all about the bats. If you can't make it work with the aces, go to the mid tier, go to value, get the bats tonight because they win this league. Wow. Uh, RIP to the uh, lefty, hefty lefty, Jared Lorenzo, one of my favorite players ever to watch play college ball for real. He was so much fun. Uh, that's terrible news. Uh, that said, happy birthday, America. Play safe. Have a good time on your extended week, whatever you all are up to. He's Pepsi. I'm Dean. We're out of here. Holler.